Hey there, it's Tardy to the party. He's Bill Modern. I'm Daniel Brutus. We fill our comfortable holes with various pieces of me, and we miss the first time around. This time it's Bill's pick. We're taking a break from the Disney stuff because it's Bill's pick. And he wanted to talk about something that is actually on Disney Plus. It's Oh Willow! Yeah, the 19. I keep on thinking it's 86, but I think it's more 87 or 88. Not 88. Hit Willow, directed by. Not Ryan Johnson. Why well, don't want to say Ryan Johnson? Directed I by. Don't know. Uh, Opie. Who's Opie? What's that? Ron, Ron Howard. Howard. Oh my, I hated Solo so much you think I would remember the name of the man responsible for it being so lame. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, George Lucas's... Well, no, I was gonna say this is, uh, this is not George Lucas and Ron Howard's... Well, okay, now I'm confusing myself. <laughs> well, I was gonna What's say this, I was gonna say this is George Lucas and Ron Howard's first collaboration, but it's their only collaboration because I forgot George Lucas was not involved in on Solo. Um, mm. This is this is the yeah this is George Lucas's stab at <laughs> copyright infringement Hobbit. Um, ah. That's when I remember when this movie first. Came. Well, you know, actually, even though this is my pick, you seem to have more of an interesting history with this than I do. So, what's your history with Willow? <laughs> well, of course. So, this is my first time watching it, but it seems like it's much more interesting that you've seen it before. Well, you know, you I would have a more interesting history of it than yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was a popular movie in our house. My sister's watched it a bunch. So it was more your I sister's movie than it was yours? I guess. Oh, okay. We all kind of watched it, so. Well, I was surprised when I mentioned I was going to do Willow. I assumed that you would not care about Willow because no one cares about Willow. And I was surprised when you were like, oh, Willow, I've seen that a whole bunch of times. That'd be cool to talk about. I was like, oh, shit, okay. Yeah. That doesn't mean I care about Willow. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. Um, I mean, I only cared about Willow as a kid because I grew up in, as a super hardcore Star Wars fan. And Willow was the kind of the first big thing that George Lucas produced after Star Wars. That, like, you know, kind of promised to fill that Star Wars shaped hole in everyone's hearts and it totally didn't because it was just I, I don't want to slander it too much because actually watching this again for the podcast you know what so I only saw I never saw this in theaters you said you had seen this in actually in theaters you were one of the 12 mm -hmm. people who paid to see this in theaters um, I never saw. I it mean, it made it, it made its money back. Yeah. It's... Oh, that's the thing. It's not like it was a colossal. It's not like Howard the Duck type bomb. And from all all indications, it sounds like it eventually made it, its money back, even if it was just on home video and stuff. But um, I, well, I, it, I think it always has kind of a reputation for a bomb because it was kind of posited as the next Star Wars, and it simply mm. wasn't. It was just another fantasy film in the 80s that did okay, but not, like, amazing. And so people just kind of wrote it off as a bomb. Especially because George Lucas in the 80s was trying to do all these things to, like, take the, take the place of Star Wars that all kept on failing. And so this is kind of lumped mm -hmm. in with with um, uh, Tucker, A Man in His Dreams, and the Ewok Adventure Caravan of Courage TV movies, and the the Star Wars cartoons, and all that other stuff that no one really cared about as much as just the theatrical Star Wars movies. But um, yeah, it was funny because I was again, like I said, I was a huge Star Wars fan as a kid enough that I was subscribed to the Star Wars uh, Luke. Well, originally, originally it was Bantha Tracks. That was the original Star Wars fan club newsletter, which eventually just once Star Wars Star Wars stopped happening, it got turned into the Lucasfilm fan club in general. And the mm. first big thing they were pushing through that fan club newsletter was, "Hey, we got this new movie coming out, directed by the guy from from Happy Days. It's gonna be called Willow. It's full of magic and wizards and shit." And I, as a kid. Part because I grew up so much with Star Wars, I was like, "Fuck fantasy! I don't want to know wizards and dragons and shit. Where's fucking lightsabers and X-wings?" 
And so I never you saw lame-o. this in the theaters. And I wound up seeing it on home video. And I, like, well, not home video. I wound up catching bits and pieces of it. At- I may be a dweeb, but I'm not that kind you know of a what? dweeb. As a kid, there was that kind of stress of like mainstream kind of Star Wars nerd and like the D&D fantasy Tolkien nerds were like a rung below that. And so it mm-hmm. felt like it was slumming. Like, I'm not going to see a fucking... You know, the one thing I, I did think even as a kid was interesting was the fact that this is a movie starring a dwarf and mm. it's just even the fact that they named it Willow, I always thought was kind of cool because it's not trying to be super hardcore badass action-y. And that of itself is more interesting than most anything that's actually going on in the film. I, I appreciate anything that's not trying to be too tough. It's kind mm. of exposing a soft white underbelly of nerdiness of, we're going to call it Willow, it's like this weird passive name. Which kind of buzzed me out to hear that, I guess, in the wake of this movie coming out, of course, this was not successful enough to justify any sequels they had in mind. Which sounds like they were hoping to turn this into a franchise. But, I guess George Lucas hired... Uh, X-Men scribe Chris Claremont to write, like, two sequel novels to this, where Willow's name gets changed to, like, Thor Fuck, Fuck, Fuck Breaker or something like that, like, the super masculine, super badass name, like, why would you do that? His name is Willow Offgood, that's a good name by itself, you don't have to fuck that up by trying to toughen him up in these... Like, if, if someone's coming to read your stupid sequel novels to your kind of failed fantasy movie, they're probably they're probably okay with Willow being named Willow. You don't have to, like, suddenly toughen them up for your books, but... Anyway, so I, I just saw yes. bits and pieces of Willow as a kid on HBO, and I had thought I had seen the whole thing, but because I had seen it in bits and pieces, when I was thinking about maybe doing it for the podcast, just as a kind of like, well, as I've seen it before, but we'll talk about it on the podcast because I like hearing about it. Uh, I'll cheat a little bit. I was like, no, shit, I've actually, I don't remember, like, half this movie. I think I missed, I don't think I've seen big parts of this movie. And so this is a legitimate pick for Tardy the Party, where, um, mm-hmm. yeah, like, I'd, like, when they meet Finn Rosette, well, essentially kind of the whole middle, middle part of the movie I'd never seen before. Yeah. The end. <laughs> That's oh, good. the end of this week's episode. Tardy right. to the party! Triple T to the P! Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's... I, I and, and that it was the other... So, I should, like... Okay. Monkey pants. <laughs> yeah? You done? <laughs> you kind of fribbled out there. I bad because I just talked for ten minutes, and I could talk for another ten minutes about why Willow even exists. But mm. I don't know if I should go... Just because... I, I, this is, I, this, Willow only happened... Because George Lucas got fed up with making Star Wars movies, and he just, and originally when he was going to make, like, nine or twelve Star Wars sequels, he fi- finally said, you know, fuck it. it, like, he made Star Wars, and that was really grueling, and The Empire Strikes Back almost bankrupted his company, and so he decided to cut all the Star Wars sequels short, abruptly, uh, with The Return of the Jedi, and mm-hmm. because he had built up this whole production company in Lucasfilm that was pretty much custom-designed to make 20 more Star Wars sequels, well, now he had this production company he had to keep alive without any more Star Wars movies. And so that's why he was flailing so crazily at doing this, this other stuff where he wanted, he needed to keep the lights on at Lucasfilm, but he didn't want to do anything that was so labor, as labor-intensive for him as Star Wars. And so I guess the genesis of Willow was right around the time he was coming up with ideas for Star Wars, like in the early 70s, like right after he, he, he came out with American Graffiti, 
It sounds like the first three things he did was like, maybe one day I'll do a, like, Buck Rogers on a big budget, and that got turned into Star Wars, and at the same time he was like, on the same piece of paper, was like, maybe someday I'll do, like, old 1940s action-adventure serials on a big budget, and that got turned into Star Wars. And then he was like, maybe someday I'll do some kind of, like, Hobbit shit on a big budget, and that got turned into Willow. And so the, those are the ideas he started pu pulling out when he decided to, you know, wind down the Star Wars movies. It was like, okay, well, I've still got this, like, knockoff Hobbit idea, but I don't want to write and direct it myself because writing and directing that myself is what got me him him so, like, like intensive with Star Wars where it was totally draining and he got a divorce and almost lost his mind. But he was like, okay, well, if I could just hire someone else to write this for me, then I'll hire someone else to direct it. I can just kind of, like, oversee it at a distance, but I don't have to be on set every day or get it worked up about the special effects. And hopefully this will be popular enough. It'll kind of turn into a Star Wars success where, yeah, yeah, it'll keep keep Lucasfilm alive indefinitely, but, you know, kind of in a, from a hands-off perspective, he doesn't have to worry too much. And so that's why you hired Ron Howard, who had just... Uh, he had just, I think he had only done Splash and Cocoon at that point? Or no, I think he actually mm -hmm. had done a couple of movies in the 70s. I think he, I, I know Ron Howard was in the movie called Grand Theft Auto in the 70s. I, th I can't remember if he directed it or not. Um, but anyway, Ron Howard, he was in the middle of making the leap from, uh, being an actor to a director. God, I've been monologuing for 20 minutes now. Uh, this, this is what I get for growing up reading making up movie books. But anyway, Ron Howard, he was making the leap from being an actor to, uh, to directing, and he had had a couple hits with Splash and uh, Cocoon, and he was friends with George Lucas because he was also the star of George Lucas, Lucas's second film, American Graffiti. And so George uh -huh. Lucas was like, hey, you know what you're doing. You're technically professional. You did the special effects movie with Cocoon. Uh, I'd you like to do this little Hobbit knockoff movie I have in mind? And he said yes, and so, yeah, um... That that's 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 how Willow came to be, and there was the hope that yeah, this would be popular enough to justify a whole bunch of sequels and and stuff. But that didn't happen, and so Lucasfilm continued to kind of flummox and almost go out go out of business until Lucas did the special editions and the prequels, and he, he scrimped and saved and tried to keep the the company alive, which he did. Uh, but yeah, so that's. Yeah, Willow. It's, I, that, that, that was the big scuttlebutt when this movie first came out, was everyone was just saying, if Lucas was going to do this movie, why didn't he just buy the rights to The Hobbit and just make a Hobbit movie? Because it's so obvious that was the main influence on this, because, you know, it's about, like, you know, a character who discovers, like, this powerful thing. And well, this little... I don't know. I think, I feel like, just because you want to do a fantasy epic doesn't mean you, you don't. Why do? <laughs> take, why take it from somebody else? You know what? That's the thing. Watching this a second time, especially now that we're 20 years removed from the Lord of the Rings movies having started to come out, which that in of itself shits. Makes me shit my pants. I didn't realize the first... Oh, God. Was that like 2001 that the first Lord of the Rings... Those movies are coming up on 20 years old now. But 20 years... Like... Now that we've actually seen what the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit looks like on the big screen, I have more of affinity for Willow now. Because actually, especially mm. compared to the actual Hobbit movies we got, this is better than the fucking Hobbit movies we got. Willow ain't nice. great, but it's better than that shit, and it's more, it's got more heart than the, any of the fucking uh, Hobbit movies. And, cause I, and I kind of wonder if Peter Jackson kind of looked to, the, to Willow as a touchstone of what to do and what not to do. Because, I mean, he was from New Zealand, so of course it made sense he would want to shoot the Hobbit movies in New Zealand. But the, the one of the 
maybe the best thing about Willow, just objectively, just is the fucking the scenery is so gorgeous in this movie. But it's mm. <laughs> the scenery in, in Willow is probably better than the script or any of the characters. And so that's, I mean, I could see Peter Jackson saying that, like, he's like, man, like, if we made, like, some Lord of the Rings Hobbit movies, like, we could take even more advantage of the local locale of showing off, you know, uh, this beautiful place I live in and stuff like that. And it was also kind of like I could see him being, okay, go, at least now we see what it looks like if you try to cast a whole movie with dwarves. Like, what if it instead, uh, like, we could see how that works and maybe it's not so great for action scenes, so maybe instead of just hiring dwarves to play all the hobbits, maybe we'll just get, like quote-unquote normal-sized people and shrink them down with visual effects. And so, so I could see, like, yeah, he, he must have gone through Willow and kind of like, okay, we could kind of do this. Do, we could do we could do what Willow did but in this area, but do it better. Maybe we'll, these parts, he was like, okay, maybe that doesn't quite work out, so we'll do something different there. And oh, I actually went, went to Google to see if anyone had actually talked to him about Willow, Peter Jackson, I mean. And I didn't see anything, which is kind of a shame, because I'd love to see someone pick his brain about that stuff, because he's a nerd. I'm sure he's seen Willow. And that has to have some kind of influence over the Lord of the Rings movies, one way or the other. But I guess no one has found out until now, so whatever. Anyway, Willow! Yeah! I have opinions about things! Apparently. How you doing? I'm fine. I feel weird talking to you on a podcast because since the last time we recorded a podcast, we've been playing monstrous amounts of Call of Duty, and pretty much mm-hmm. all of our communications lately have been like, "Go get him!" Oh no, I got shot in the face. Oh no. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. It's it's actually a little weird to be talking about pop culture stuff again with you, but. Mm-hmm. So you... well, hey, it's Willow. Yeah. Why do you have any other thoughts or opinions about Willow before we start getting a nigger Nah, I'll give them as we go. No, okay, it's got good music too. Oh yeah, I, that's fucking... something I want to talk about before we get into it because it's it's. Do you know the works of James Horner or anything like that? Yeah, I, I fucking love his work on um, uh, Something Wicked This Way Comes. Good Wait, shit. was he Something Wicked That Way Comes? I'm sure we talked uh-huh. about it then. Okay, uh, James Horner, yeah. he did the music for I guess Something Wicked This Way Comes. He also did the music for Star Trek Two and Three and Titanic and Aliens. And he gets he, well, he's dead now, so he doesn't get anything anymore. But he's he had gotten a lot of shit for. The fact that a lot of his soundtracks sound the same, and he tends to rip himself off a whole bunch. And in fact, yeah, not like John Williams or anything. No, but John Williams does come up with different musical themes. James, if you sit uh-huh. down and listen to a bunch of James Horner albums, it's they all kind of merge together. It's always like a horn whenever a bad guy shows up, going da da da. Yeah. Hey, here's a shocking thing. <laughs> Composers seem to make the same music over and over again. Go listen to I, Philip Glass. I know, I know, I know. I, well, the, I guess he didn't rip himself off too much for this score, but like I said, I guess he quoted a whole bunch of classical music pieces that I guess he. It sounds like he got a little static about. And he was like, "No, it's an homage." And other people were like, "No, you're just lazy. You, you didn't feel like ripping yourself off, so you just because this is your big stab at a Star Wars score." I know because I've never composed. Music I know before, exactly. So. But anyway, but I do. The fucking main theme of this movie is one of the best. Best secret best movie themes of all time. The big sweeping. Yeah, um, yeah it's good stuff. The uh, Mad Mardigan theme. Where it's I, I that movie that music cue got used up in so many shitty movie trailers in the wake of this that oh, like yeah. whenever I hear that music now, it took I just equ- took the place of the Goonies theme. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. Movie trailers. I like, uh, mean, I would love to see someone do a YouTube video, an article about the evolution of music tracks like there's bram stoker's dracula the uh there's there's yeah there was like like a dozen specific movie themes that you could trace the evolution of movie uh movie trailer 
uh, depending on which, like, movies, you could always, like, Batman, uh, the, uh, Edward says her hands and the Batman scores were po uh, popular yeah. for a while to rip, anyway, that's neither, <laughs> Willow theme song is good, is all I'm saying. Yeah, he did good work on this. Anyway, so when it starts off, it's all, there's a- In a time of dread, <laughs> seers have foretold the birth of a child who will bring about the downfall of the powerful Queen Bath-Morda. <sighs> I hate stories. Seizing. You hate stories? I hate stories. I hate I hate I hate I, Full I hate, stop. I'm not a fan of fiction. No. I was gonna say I hate stories with um that are built around um what's it called when you can predict shit? Mm-hmm. Uh prediction. Pre what, no, what, they, what do you say? Uh like in well in the, in the Star Wars prequels, what's the thing called when you when they're all like oh, the toast oh, the prophecy. I hate stories mm -hmm. of prophecy because cause it's like they're trying to blow your mind with like can you believe that this prophecy actually got fulfilled. I'm like, yeah, because you're the writer of the story and you came up with the prophecy. Of course it turned out the way. The prophecies are, prophecies are only interesting when they're fulfilled if it happens in real life. Because no one's in control mm. of real life. Okay, I'm, I already talked too much. I can't go off on my prophecy, right? Go ahead, talk. Seizing all pregnant women in the realm, the evil queen <laughs> wants to destroy the child when it was born. God, we're both terrible <laughs> podcasters. <laughs> So a baby is born, yeah. it bears the mark, but the ragged-ass midwife will steal that baby away and escape right under everybody's noses because who needs She guards? literally just walks out of this empty castle. <laughs> like She's not uh -huh. like hassled or anything at all. There's not even no. guards at the gates. Nah. Yeah. I mean, it's just a baby. What's it going to do, run away? I mean, that's a good point. I mean, that did the guard... Did, so. did, yeah, it's, I was going to say, did the guards just not care about the babies? But there's no guard to even care about the babies. It's just, yep. yeah. So Bab Morris says, ain't no baby gonna shove me around, no sir, but- Oh no, it's not a baby, it's a pile of rags! No baby will be the boss of me! And the mom is like, hey, that baby gonna come back and stab the fuck out of you, Bab Mora. Or cause you to have a slight oopsie doodle and accidentally kill yourself. You know, Willow! <laughs> I love the idea of. I want to call her Willow. I want to call the baby Willow, but that's not Willow. I love the idea of of the kid's mom being like, "Someday you're gonna spill hot chili on yourself. <laughs> that chili's gonna burn so much you're gonna go to hell." Uh -huh. I can't. The baby does nothing. I guess. I guess that's the joke of the prophecy: is the baby actually does nothing to actually. It's the presence of the baby is what kills Bab Morda, but not... Yeah. yeah. That's, just, that's the thing. This movie gets... Like, the whole ending of this movie is super weirdly passive, and... Oh, God, I don't want to go off on my fucking rant about... Yeah, no more rants, please. Okay. At least not for a little while. I'm just while. pacing issues with... with, uh, with oh, yeah, it's got... Pace. This yeah. has pacing issues. Anyway. So, yeah. Al Kilmer gets top Billy, not the fucking that's guy that movie's named after? That is fu... I know... I know Val Kilmer. This is like after Top Gun and stuff like that. Does who gets top billing? Is it even does 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 Warwick Davis even get second billing? He gets third. Who gets second? Is it the lady? Yeah. Oh no, and she's kind of terrible in this movie too. That's that's man, that is rough. I know that's more of a just he's an unknown. Warwick Davis is an unknown rather than just like okay, well the the short guy is gonna get short shrift, but. That's the movie is called his character, and it's clearly the main uh -huh. character. Oh god! Anyway. Yep. So this mudwife goes on one hell of a journey, at least several months, judging by how old that baby is. Oh yeah, right you now. would know because you, you had a kid within the last years. Yeah. Those, and I have eyes. 
I don't know. Oh, I don't know shit about babies. She's getting chased by some good... slow ass per distant persistent dog. Dogs dressed in the worst rubber dog like monster clothes ever. <laughs> uh, you know that's a good point because we do see the newborn baby and it has like no hair, and mm -hmm. it's all like it's like it's like gooey baby. But then we when we it's see later, baby. it's like a yeah. It's, so that baby did just even the hair alone would yeah would need to be a couple months older. But yeah. 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 So, how stinky is this baby and midwife combo that the pig dogs are able to find them after all these months? Especially because it's not like it's just the dogs themselves. It's not like there's any troops with them or anything like that. So, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. So, the midwife does it's the only thing you can do for the the only choice to make with escaping babies. Put it on some shit and sail it down a river. Because everything involving a baby needs to have a, a prophecy. You need to have Noah imagery mm. of like how to put it in the Moses, river Moses that's Noah. what it is oh well, kind of knowing that he's floating on water but yeah sure <laughs> whatever you need to say to justify Noted your mistake bible historian Bill Mudger. <laughs> anyway. so the midwife gets straight fucked up by those devil dogs whoopsie doodles <laughs> and then the baby she comes she yells that when she gets to your, your feet just fly <laughs> up out of camera and he's, her, she goes flying whoopsie doodle <laughs> So the baby comes to the rest is found by a couple of Nell one kids, and the boy isn't too bad, but man, that poor little girl, not able to act at all. I, uh, I watched the commentary from for this movie with Warwick Davis, and Warwick Davis like, you wouldn't know to realize it, but those two, two kids have never acted before. I mean, to be fair, the <laughs> daughter is like five. And she's like, yeah. Papa, what is the baby? What are we going to do with the baby? <laughs> yeah, so I do like... I like the sun. He's got like this hat that makes his head look like an acorn that cracks me the fuck up. That's mm. either, and I do like uh, uh, the uh, uh, Willow refers to his kids as the bobbins, which is cute too. But anyway, yeah. So Will's tell tilling his field, and his son comes and check this shit out. So he does, and he sees that it's a big old baby, and he's like, "Hey, don't touch it. We don't know where it's been." That's pretty guys cold there, Willow. I love that then, his first instinct is like, we gotta throw this shit back in the river. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like, Daddy, can we keep it? And he's like, nah, 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 nah. I mean, we'll just push it down the river and pretend we never saw <laughs> it. I love that. Jeez, fuck, Willow. That's cheese. Even his kids yeah, are like, what it's the a fuck, baby. Dad? <laughs> oh, this, you know, and he's like, oh, it's a daikini baby. This is when we find out that like, there's a separation between. The little people, which you mentioned, are called the Nellwins, and the Di Dikeners are the quote-unquote normal-sized people. And yeah, you know. giants that live far away. They make big old, big old nasty turds. I fucking love George Lucas's naming conventions. Like back when, during the original trilogy, and even into this, I love his terminology for stuff. Like I love the just Dikini and Nellwins. Those are cool terms for stuff. I love that. It's. It wasn't until the prequels when he started letting his kids name shit. That his ability to mm. name stuff with Naboo and Count Dooku and Jar Jar Binks started getting weird, but anyway. Burgle Cut! That's so, a great name for an asshole the, fat guy! He's gotta go deal with this piece of shit Burgle Cut. What a fucker! He's a horrible fight, big, fat, sweaty, bald man. Which is, he's a little fat, so that's the thing. He, even though he's still a little guy, he still gives off the, the Sydney Greenstreet impression of just being fat, sweaty, bleh! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. Died 2004. Oh, that's... We're gonna get it all... <laughs> oh, man. It's a terrible truth with the... the way, a lot of people with dwarfism tend to either... Well, you know, they have, well, they have physical no, conditions. No, they, 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 they pretty much tend to live as long as anybody else because, I mean, we only lost the last uh, munchkin a 
like a couple years ago. No, but like, but sui- it's actually the one unnatural thing that takes out divorce and anything else is suicide, though. There's a lot. Fucking yeah. Migosh! I was they reading about Migosh just killed himself just within like the last five years. Yeah, so, yeah. Bummer. You do have three time bandits in the in the in the the, the country band in the town, but anyway. So mm-hmm. shout out. And R two D two. R two D two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Rebel Cuss says he'll have Willow's land. Oh, well, before he does that, uh, he's like, where'd you get these seeds? I sell them. And Willow's like, hey, maybe I used magic. And he's like, no. And Willow's like, yeah, well, me and my family's been gathering them in a forest, so yeah. And then he, the kids laugh, and his wife is like, you left them by the river! Which is a li- yeah, come on, Willow. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? So Bubba's like, I'll have your land, and he lumbers off to sweat somewhere else. <laughs> Get his pork grease all over something else, yeah. Willow runs to the river where his wife, who isn't a monster, has picked up the baby, and he's like, oh, she's oh, so Oh, okay, foolish. yeah, monster in regards to, like, leaving the kid, okay, yeah. Yeah. So she takes the baby home and is like, hey, Willow, should we tell the village council about this? And he's like, nah, 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 nah. They'll think it's a bad omen, and it'll be a flood or a drought, and he's like, Willow, off, good. Pluck that baby out of the river. Let's get him. And then he's like, tomorrow's my big day. Apprentice. Uh, hi, Alwyn. Gonna pick a new apprentice. And I just, it gotta be me. It gotta be me. And then she makes Willow hold the baby. And they smile at each other. Yeah. And now they're in love. It's a cute bond. They got a bond. I really they got a bond. I love the lady who plays his wife. I don't know what else she did. I looked it up and it doesn't seem like she'd done much. But she just brings mm. such a great sense of like warmth and humanity to these scenes. Uh, I know we, we were talking about how far we'd gotten in the movie when we were talking about how much we had seen this movie while uh, playing Call of Duty. And you were like talking about how long the village scenes go on. Like You're like, I'm done with the first hour and we're still in the village. <laughs> I think the village scenes are the best part of this movie because I love all the actors they got. I love the down-home Oh, I wasn't saying design. it in a negative way. I think actually once they takes leave a while the village on. is like, I know pacing-wise it, like, it's like you, it, the story doesn't really start until they leave the village, but I think in terms of tome and texture and everything like that, this is actually my favorite part of the movie. I think the movie gets less unique and less interesting the moment they uh, leave the village, but anyway. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. The next day, Willow goes with his kids to the big uh, town festival where Willow does magic. People play lame medieval games. I fucking love a- the band that is jamming out. That, that you when I fired up this this movie. Oh, they are rock. I had not seen this movie since like since like probably like 1990, like not too long after it had come out. And when the village, like, the festival music kicked in, like, I had a fucking flat, like, a Vietnam flashback to, like, oh my god, like, I just had such strong connotations of, like, not the main Willow theme, but, like, the, whatever the fuck song, and, like, they're, they're jamming on those instruments, and the fact that, yeah. Somebody should do a hard rock remix of that shit. I love that, fucking, mm, that's a good party, I would like to hang out at this, 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 uh, Nelwyn party. Mm-hmm. So, uh... Billy Barty shows up being carried on a chair like C-3PO, I, which yeah. that wasn't in the script. That's just how he got around everywhere <laughs> on set. That's just contractually obligated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Carry me around. And then uh, he's going to pick a new apprentice. Will and two other dudes go up on stage. And Burble Cup is like, well, no, burf, burf, burf. And I'm sure if Burble Cup vanished with air quotes from town, <laughs> nobody would How probably mind that fucking, much. Because it's just like everyone's indebted to Burble Cut. 
these fuckers yeah. not murdered Burgle Cut? Like, he's yeah. vastly outnumbered by all these people he's downtrodden. And I do love... Well, I guess we skipped over a little bit before the big magic picking ceremony. There was a bit where uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Willow, yeah. he demonstrates some of his own magic skills. He, like, sticks an air, flaming, throw, uh, flaming yeah. arrow through his arm. He disappears a pig. One of my favorite parts is the Willow, is is that Burgle Cut's in the audience, just kind of like, ah, <laughs> well, this guy's going to fuck shit up. And, like, I just, I like the actor playing Burgle Cut. Uh, well, yeah, but also, at the same time, when he sticks the flaming arrow through his arm, he, Burgle Cut does make a face like, oh, that's not bad. That's what I said, but he's like, he's going to give Willow some props a little bit. You can't, they actually yeah. feel like they kind of know each other. I like he's not totally evil, but he's like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Willow does make a pig vanish, but it was just under the table. Oh, no, yeah. Which what do you expect? I, well, I guess in this world where magic actually is a thing, that's more of an embarrassment. Yeah. But if this happened in real life, we're like, of course, and they didn't actually disappear a pig. But okay. But anyway, there's a magic so Billy, picking tournament. Billy Barty says, uh, "Magic rules, yo. So which are my fingers? Has the power to control the universe?" And he holds up his hands. And they all pick the wrong fingers, and he bangs his gavel and says, "No apprentice this year." And so the band starts back up, but not for long, because the Dabble Dog shows up, and everybody scatters. And everyone scatters, and, and then there's you know, the, the kind of the closest thing to an action sequence. <sighs> but then someone's like, they were looking for a baby! Hold, jump <laughs> Oh no, did I break your, did I jump and step on your foot? <laughs> you never do. <laughs> so. I'm a terrible dancer. <laughs> Willow can't find his daughter, ma'am. Okay, yeah. She is legit crying elsewhere. What uh, did they do yeah. to this poor little girl to make her cry like her world is crumbling apart? Just, she is upset. It's one of those things where, like, she's just, like, standing, like, on a tree stump or something like that, but it is. She is, yeah. like... Like, I wonder if there's something they told them. Did they say, like, your parents are dead? Or was it just, like, they didn't feed her and they just kind of, like, yeah, that's, yeah, anyway. But Willow finds her, and together they watch a devil dog destroy a baby crib, but the spear brigade of uh, no one show up and stab the holy hell out of that dog. I was watching some of the behind-the-scenes footage, and th that poor dog in that costume being been tortured by these doors with little <laughs> fake spears and stuff. I felt a little bad for that dog. Oh, I see. It mm -hmm. does kind of go specifically. I didn't... Par he goes for a piece of furniture that... I guess that... Okay, that is like a baby's crib, but it's doesn't look like... But it's a, it's a tiny, tiny crib, but we see, like, a lady with a baby on her chest and, like, a, a sling, and it's it's not a tiny, tiny baby. It's kind of just a baby. Yeah, it's weird, yeah. I guess, I guess but... it's hard to find dwarf babies... I didn't think about I that. Like, well, I mean, but it's not anyway, like dwarf beast I don't know. Anyway, shut up, Bill. Anyway, uh, they're like, it was looking for somebody's baby, or it just hated that unsafe crib and was looking out for that baby. <laughs> well, it's also tearing everything up, so why don't people just... That That was the funny thing when I was watching this the second time, when the guy just stands up and was like, he's looking for a baby! Like, this... this uh, He just tore apart the whole village. Have those why dogs would... just been running around destroying random cribs? <laughs> like... How, why? Fuck all babies. It's one thing if it destroyed a whole bunch of cribs, too, but it just, like, that was one thing it destroyed. Like, it also knocked over the apple cart. Like, you could just as easily be like, this devil dog hated the apples. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. So, oh shit, Kaya got a baby, so Willow runs home, but she's just fine. She's just chilling with that baby. Mm -hmm. So Willow comes over and is like, oh, we gotta take that baby to the village council. And she's like, yeah. That's what I suggested, asshole. You said no. You fucker. But at the meeting, Bravo Cubs ran and raving about how more dogs might be coming and they need to give them whatever they want, even if it is a tiny little sweet, sweet baby. 
And Willow shows up with the baby, and Burma said, give it to the dogs. Willow's like, they'll kill her. That sweaty, sweaty monster says, it ain't one of us, so whatever. He's a racist piece of shit. Billy Barney says, that child is special, so it's got to be taken out of the village, past the river, and through to the Daikini Crossroads. And some guy, probably my favorite guy in the whole movie, says, well, who do that? <laughs> Just the fucking way he <laughs> says that. Is that the only line he has in the movie? <laughs> I think so, okay, yeah. yeah. Just Aww. sitting up on some rafters, and he holds his arms up and says, <laughs> Well, who do they? Oh, you know what? I'm watching Bur- it now. That is Kenny Baker, the guy who played R2-D2. Ah, okay. Okay, yeah, okay. So, verbal cut, sweating his balls off, says it's only fair. The one that plucked <laughs> it out of the river is the one that takes it. He is sweating. Yeah, he's not doing anything. He's just drinking wine inside this granary. <laughs> but, like, yeah, uh-huh. he's, he's like crystal-faced. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, Willow, he's like, Willow can take the baby, but, and Billy says, I will consult the bones, and, and throws some bones on the ground, and looks at Willow and says, the bones tell me nothing, and then he's asked Willow if he got any love for the child, and Willow's like, hey, we looked at each other at one time, so yeah, yeah, we love each other. <laughs> I like he admits, Bar- he doesn't try to play it off cool, he's like, okay, yeah, no, I do like that kid. And, Billy Barty says, the villains have spoken, but Willow need help, and his friend Migosh will go with him. It's a good, good choice. And Von Carter's like, I'll go. But Purple Cut says, I know, he's the best warrior in the village. Step back. What we, who? And he does. What are you doing? He was like, I should have been like, I'll stab you, asshole. <laughs> so anyway, Billy says, the only thing they need now is a leader. And the bones say that leader is you, Purple Cut. Uh, Billy. Billy, hi Aldwin. What are you doing? Why? Of all the of all the things you could have made that man, is he you just, made him. You made him the leader of this. He's expedition. just doing it just to torture him, though, right? Because the guy's all he like. He could have said. He could have said yes, but he could have said it needs a leader. That leader is you, Von Carr, and then he could come. I mean, especially they didn't need to like. It's not like Burgle Cut adds anything to being even 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 if you don't even make him leader and just make him like the He's official. He's just gonna like, slow him down because he keeps slipping on his own sweat. <laughs> I am shocked at how poor he's totally got the meat sweats throughout this whole scene. <laughs> what the hell was? Uh, maybe he was just really hot when they filmed that scene. And he ate a whole ham. Or something. Christ Almighty. Anyway, so they all yeah. So and then like, he's Von Car. Yep, and they leave the village. Billy asks Willow, what, what's your problem? And he's like, what? And he says, well, I held up my fingers. What's your first impulse? And he's like, oh, stupid, my own finger. And he's like, hey, that's right. You gotta listen to your heart, fool. Then he gives us some magic nuts as he's turning anything to stone. So, yeah. And then Willow's kids ask him, are you scared? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, eh. <laughs> that masterful no. acting. Yeah. <laughs> Not even enough trolls that'll eat your face. And he's like, oh, come on, man. I hate fucking trolls, dude. Don't. Ugh. It just made me wonder well, how much experience could he have with trolls if he never leaves yeah, the village. Yeah, who knows? So he hugs them goodbye and says goodbye to his wife, who doesn't just give him a lock of hair. He gives like her, she gives him the whole damn, the, the whole damn braid. Yeah, I do like. There's a moment when I first saw this, I was like, "What well, is, is who? What hair is that?" And he does like grasp her hair, and it suggests that's her hair. This is a very sweet moment. But yeah, she he, he didn't he, he also he can only carry so much. That that fucking loaf of hair <laughs> is gonna take up half his travel bag. But yeah. <laughs> But I again, yeah, I really so like the, his wife. He, she's very sweet, but then she yeah. goes, yeah. Well, the High yeah. Aldwin says the outside world is no place for an Aldwin. Give the baby the first tahini you see <laughs> and come right home. That made me 
to laugh Great out loud because I thought there was going to be more of a plan than just might as well nope. ditch the baby by the side of the highway. Why even wait for a Daikini yeah. to show up? Yeah. So he picks up a rock and says Tuatha Lafatha Huatha and throws it up in the air, turns into a bird and says, Follow the direction the bird flies and Bromoka is like, headed back to the village and he said, Ignore the bird, follow on the river. <laughs> travel montage. Very beautiful travel montage. This is maybe the prettiest mm -hmm. part of the movie. Yeah. It's a baby's they, upset. They travel through Matt's Matt painting valley. Uh-huh. The baby's upset. She's sick. Purple cuz she, she, she ain't sick. Give her to me. And she goes, her blurp and per pukes all over his face, which makes her feel better, as it would any of us to puke on this man's face. And it's a pretty healthy dose of milkshake barf, too. Yeah, um, I saw so... some trivia claiming that was an accident, that it was the actual mm. baby that actually got sick on the on, on the actor. No, if you look at it, that's a fucking baby doll that he's handing. That's obviously like shooting well, yeah, like, milkshake I think... out of a cannon out of its mouth. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it might have been based on something that actually but, happened. But, but that the, whatever made to the screen that is obviously uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's yeah. They wouldn't <laughs> they wouldn't have a tight tight close up on Purple Cut's face holding a baby just just in case. Purple Cut was not so much of a good actor that they dedicated an entire camera just tracking literally yeah. everything he did in every shot. Yeah. Yeah. So Bad Marta, the evil queen sorceress, is, tells her daughter she didn't ask for dead nursemaid. She's fucking useless. But that's kind of her attitude. She's a total dickhead towards uh, uh, a yeah. sorcerer from the start. Yeah. Not to worry. General Kale has shown up to ruin salads and just have the worst texture known to man. And don't tell me cooking him will make the texture better. That's just dumb. Yeah. He's Wait, gross. People cook he kale? tastes disgusting. I, I guess they could. I, I never, yeah, yeah. I never thought about that. Oh. Um, don't even talk about kale chips. Do you recognize uh, Bav Morda? We've seen something else. We've done another project in which she was the villain in. Bav Morda? Yep. If you tell me, I'll probably remember. I had to look no. it up. Uh, she had a removable head. Oh, okay. Uh, she was the, the, the Queen Mombi from uh, Return to Oz. And okay. she's... I don't think uh, the guy playing General Kale. I don't think he, I don't. Know, he he, uh, he was the bad guy. He was in all three of the Indiana Jones movies. He was always the big yeah. wild guy that Indiana. Jo he was a mechanic that got uh, chopped up by the airplane in Raiders of the Lost Ark. He was the big uh, thuggy yeah. who got crushed by the Boulder Crusher in, in Brown Face. Oh God, yeah, he is in Brown. Well, also, oh, he's also the big um, Nepalese guy who gets shot uh, by the Nazis in the bar fight at the beginning of Raiders too. Uh, but yeah, he actually gets to show his face and talk a little bit here, and he's got like this weird brow prosthetic that yeah, they, makes him look they more like Yeah, they gave a big fake brow. Weird, yeah. And this this is one of the things where I'm like, I remember, I th this is the start of one of the movie's big downfalls, is like, it's obvious similarities to Star Wars, where this guy is obviously just kind of like Darth Vader of this movie. Uh, just because he's got the big skull mask and stuff like that. I think that's like one of the big, yeah, big, big, big things that kind of takes this movie down is, uh, this is just, it's just Star Wars and medieval stuff, and I think that's yeah, the General Kale thing. Also, General Kale, I guess, is named after Pauline Kale, the film critic, because mm. George Lucas had to be fucking petty, and also the Ebersisk dragon at the end is yeah. not the end. That's like halfway point of the movie. Weirdly enough, is named after Siskel and Ebert. But yeah, anyway. it's using the old noodle there, George. That would teach him. <laughs> so, <sighs> yeah, uh, she wants him to help her daughter get that baby so she can exile that baby's spirit to oblivion. And if she can't make her exile it there, maybe she'll try Skyrim. Ha ha ha! Oh, 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 
so uh, after she sends both of them off to find that baby, a monk is like, Hey, yo, Bavi, baby, I gotta tell ya, I read the stars and I think that Donna's yours is totes gonna betray you. And she's like, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, the movie... I trust her loyalty more than I trust yours. And this is right after Bav Morris also just given source of shit for like, Yeah, you, I didn't want a dead, that dead uh, nursemaid, I wanted a baby. Yeah. Like, the movie, pl- I know this is a fucking fable for little kids, but it is playing its hand way too much about like what's going to happen with Sorsha and, and the Queen. It's like, okay, we get it. Yeah, we expect better writing from George Lucas. Come on, at least a little bit. Come on. Mm. Yeah, it could be a little so, more subtle. Uh, shit. I guess there's... Are doing... uh, no. We'll talk about like Sorsha later. There's a whole... The whole reason why Sorsha okay. turns at the end is, is was deleted from the uh, film, but mm. anyway. So the no one's doing shit when they hear dogs, and while these dogs were able to attract to track a stinky nursemaid and baby for months and months, they can't smell it when it's twelve <laughs> feet away. All right, and also sure. surrounded by a bunch. Uh, maybe they're Nelwyn stink. Their oh, that's what it is. Verbal cuts. Be- <laughs> verbal cuts. Ball stench is overpowering everything. The dogs, the dogs don't can't get smell. Closer. They know something's off. Yeah. They're like, no, we can't get. Oh, sun- Too much layers of sweat. Sun smells like no, a greasy pork you, star over that hill. We don't want to get close <laughs> to it because we don't know what's going on. Yeah. So the bad guys have searched in Nelwyn's village, but there's a group of Nelwyn's running around all willy-nilly, so they gotta find that fools and report to Bad Morris. The scene is quite a lot like that scene in Lord of the Rings, both in the book and the movie, where they're leaving the village and and they have to hide under the log. Um, But yeah. So, more traveling montage with big sweep of music, and they reach the crossroads. Those matte paintings are really good, though. It looks super gorgeous. Combination between the the, the New Zealand scenery and the matte paintings. Congratulations. Made a really pretty part of the movie. Anyway. They reach the crossroads. Oh, and God. They have crow cages all over them and a banshee wailing in the distance. Yeah. And Willow backs up into a cage and a dude grabs him and says, Give me some water and calls him a peck or he dies. Yes, sir, you hold all the cards here. <laughs> I will get you some water. I mean, that's the joke, is that, yeah. And all his friends kind of back up, acting all scared of the man in the cage. Okay. So. This. Uh, I Yeah, again, like I said, I know you, for, you didn't care much for the village scenes. When watching this scene for the first I didn't, time, I never said that. You said you want all Nelwins to die. I you went s- off on a I, weird tirade. I, I said I'm half an hour into the movie, so they just left the village. You said, that was the quote, extent quote, of it. Their shortness is God's justice. <laughs> Burn this village to the ground. Oh no, Bill. No, but uh, while watching this movie for the first time a couple weeks ago, for the first time in a long time. I was astonished how long this fucking crossroads scenes go on. This is like a third of the movie mm. right here, just like, just bargaining with fucking Val Kilmer and just like, let the fucking guy out of the cage so we get the fucking plot of the movie started, for Christ's sakes. Anyway. So Burba Cup, being a smart mind, says, give the baby to him. Willow says, how about we don't give it to somebody who was condemned also, to die? Also, what are we supposed to mash the baby through, like, bars of the cage? <laughs> like, what, what do yeah. you give him the baby? Like, yeah. Burbacut wants to go home, so he abandons Willow and tells everybody to come with him, yeah. and they do. Oh, you know what? Okay. I'm watching it now. One of the, the, the guards with them is from another project we've seen before, another Oz-related project. Uh, he played, mm. um, there's a, there's a black, uh... Oh, yeah, yeah. He played, um, the sassy black, uh, munchkin from, uh, Oz Great and Powerful. Tip. Yeah, I was gonna try to try to. Oh, did you remember his tip? name? Was it Tip or Tup or something like that? Something like that. I was gonna try to remember it, wasn't, but I w- didn't want to 
use my brain power to remember his character that movie. that movie was awful but i love the actor himself he, well, he's also the guy who's yeah. like bad santa and stuff yeah he, he's he's yeah. been one of more one of the more prominent dwarf actors in the last 20 years but yeah anyway so uh, von karstein though oh good he's helpful so val kilner mark mocks willow by saying peck a billion times that'll get you water that's for sure don't try to nice approach. They do a weird thing too, so, where in like these early scenes before the sun sets, like Val Kilmer's teeth are all fucked up. Yeah. And then like I think we see him rubbing something oh, no, on his no. teeth later, if, which is supposed to justify why he suddenly has perfect white pearlies. Every scene that goes by when there's a transition, he gets a little bit prettier. Oh, you think that's that's yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like his hair gets more and more dead. Oh, watching his face it now, gets his more hair and more just, clean. Just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's because I mean the whole point is supposed to be scary in that first shot, but he can't be that nasty throughout the whole movie because then he's yeah. no longer the sexy wannabe Han Solo in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, the next morning, a horse rides by at high speeds, and Valkymer's cleaned his teeth and says <laughs> his name's Man Martigan. He washed his balls a little bit and... in the cage. He says it smells like a battle, and Willow tells and tells Willow he's the greatest swordsman to ever Dundon lived. And then he pretends to cry when Willow won't give him water. When Willow almost does, but notices a huge army of extras approaching on horses. And I like the guy who rides by on the booming voice, uh, the booming voice on the horse, who just kind of waves his hand and says, "Out of the way, Peck!" Like he's got a polite tone to it, like saying. Stand aside, citizen. But, but instead, he says it is an asshole and racist and just out of the way, Peck. Yeah. I guess these are supposed to be the good guy. Uh, well, no, yeah. Are these the troops? Yeah. Because it is the. Okay, yeah, because yes. it's the same guy, Eric Th yeah. Thunderfucker, whatever name. I'm Eric Thunderfucker. Yeah, is. Okay, yeah. So these are quote unquote the good guy army people. Yeah. Willow manages to get the attention of a warrior and says they found one of their babies in their village and don't you want a brand new baby? And he says, ah, we're going into battle. A pitch like that? Find, find a woman to take care of it. Matt Morgan says, yeah, they thought you were a woman, Eric. And he tells. <laughs> <your> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, that was just. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. <laughs> So Mad Mardigan knows him, um, and uh, Eric tells old Mads that Bev Morta army's crushing everything in sight, and Mads wants a sword. He'll win that war for him, and but Eric is like, nah, 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 nah. I'm loyal to the crown. You're loyal to nobody. So you sit in your coffin and it's rock, yeah, and he rides away. Definitely. So I guess the backstory that got cut out of the movie is that uh, yeah, Mad Mardigan was was a soldier for this army. Uh, so I mm -hmm. think something he wound up, like he fucked some somebody's wife or something like that, and he was supposed to get into a duel to like over honor about that. But then he just rather than uh, engage in the duel, he just ran away, but just you know uh, abandoned the army. And so I guess he got caught, and that's why he's in that cage, and that's why nah. Eric suddenly gets all salty about like, oh, you don't you think only for yourself, blah blah blah. But I mean, you can insinuate that from what's going on, but I guess there was like a more actual, like that was actually like like spelled out in one of the earlier cuts of the film but yeah. yeah so after the army leaves willow laments that he misses his family and mad says no one's gonna take care of that baby no because no one cares but i care i take care of that baby give me that baby <laughs> so he doesn't know much about baby but he knows a lot of women that do so Migosh lets him out of the cage by bonking it's it interesting with that's Migosh, yeah yeah high tech security there and he feels better, and he dances around and with the baby and tells them, no worries, go home to your family. I do like he, take he care genuinely of that baby. takes the he kid. He gives them yeah. his word of honor. 
And he leaves. I do appreciate that, like, yeah, rather than just being like, ha-ha, and just running off into the distance. Granted, he's probably planning on selling the kid or something. <laughs> yeah. And granted, he doesn't have anything really with him, so I guess the kid is, like, something he can barter with or gamble with or something like that. It's, it's, it's some kind of asset yeah. he can use. But it is kind of way... cute because... Uh, I know I was bitching about how the prophecy stuff is always stupid, but it is is kind of cute how... Uh, because he essentially ends up adopting a, a Laura Dannon by the end of the movie. Like, because his first meeting with her here is like, oh, I'll be a good papa to you. And he's obviously just being a shithead. But it's funny how this actually does turn into a real relationship by the end of the yeah. movie. Yeah. Anyway. So on their way home, uh, while talking about how they're going to be heroes when they get back, Willow asks Migosh if they did the right thing, giving the baby to that guy. But no time to answer. A hawk and a brownie carried a baby fly by. So they give chase, only to be attacked with arrows by green screen brownies. What's your tiny little dudes on the brownies? They suck ass. Because <laughs> every time, every time I've ever heard anyone talk about Willow, other than is that the movie with all the doors? It's always is that the movie with the little guys that are so funny? Every, that seems to be the only thing anyone ever liked or cared about this movie was the fucking brownies. George Lucas knows comedy. <laughs> So this is obviously his wannabe R2 and 3PO, but what if R2 and 3PO were two guys pretending to have fresh accents yelling at everyone the whole fucking movie? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's they, there's a little bit of a Lilliput thing where, like, uh, uh, Migosh will end up being tied up by all the brownies. The brownies are a bunch of, like, yep. fucking Burning Man hippies wearing fucking loincloths yeah. and shit like that. Yep. Brownies taunt them, and the Queen Fairy shows up as like, knock that garbo off, you dinguses, and bring them to me. So some fairies fart around, making the same sounds from the uh, Ewok movie. And the yeah. Fairy Queen says hello to Willow, to Willow, and he's like, how do you know my name? And she says, the Lord Annie told me. She's very smart, even though she's just a baby. I, that's kind of cute. She chose Willow to be her protector. Okay, she's not that smart. So the queen gives Willow her wand. Cut though. She doesn't have a lot of people yeah. to choose from. Yeah. Um. I guess the queen. Uh, Shalindra, her name comes from. It's a combination of all, uh, all the creators' girlfriends at the time. It was like the wife, the yeah. the wife of the, uh, the screenwriter. I forget what his name is. Linda Rodstadt, who was dating George Lucas at the time, and Ron Howard's wife. It's like Sherry, uh, Linda, and Ra Ra Ra. So that's how the that's why her name rah, is rah, rah, Linda Ra La. But gotcha. Yeah. So uh, Willow says, Ah, no, no, you don't want me. I'm poopy. I'm short, even for a Nelwyn. <laughs> and the and the queen gets real big and said, But Mother God, if we stopped, you protect baby. Be cool, guy. And then she literally vanishes. But then she comes back and then explains more. It's kind of yeah. a weirdly paced scene where, it, like, yeah, and then she comes back. And oh, like, yeah, she also Bab gives Willow her wand. This, this kid's prophecy to kill yeah. Babmorda. If you don't do something about it, uh, darkness Get is going to sweep the land, and Babmorda will be in control of your oh. village and your your kids' lives. And Take shit. my wand, give it to Finn Rizel. She on an island. You go to Tyrus Lee when the king and, king, king and queen will protect her. Okay. So the next morning, Willow wakes up. Migosh is like, time to go home. But not him. He's staying to take care of baby. And Migosh is like, you sure? And Willow's like, yeah. And he's like, all right, you don't have to twist my arm. I guess, according to Warwick Davis, that was funny you even mentioned the arm. Uh, there was supposed to be a scene where it suggests that Migosh had, like, broken his arm uh, while uh. falling into the pit that the, 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 the brownie trap set for them. And so that's technically, that's why he's supposed to be going home now. It, it, in, the, mm. in the final edit of the movie, it just seems like he, he just gives up and goes home. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So, uh, thank goodness we now have Amazing Comic Relief to follow them along. Uh, you know what? They're not as bad as I remember them being, but they're not as great no, as everyone else. It's like, oh, those guys were so no. funny. They should just do a movie about them. I love the idea that, like, oh, I forgot that, like, t- to mention this at the start of this. Uh, part of the thing that got me thinking about Willow recently was uh, someone announced that they're, they're working on a Disney sequel, like a Disney Plus miniseries sequel to Willow or something like that. It's actually in no. development. And there was some, I, I, that got me wondering, if they're going to bring back the brownies, who are now like 60-year-old men, are they going to have them come back and with no pants on, like the 60-year-old Jewish men just being all like, hey, I'm French, wow, 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 like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you still have Warwick Davis know. and stuff, and you got fat, fat Val Kilmer. I would love to see all these actors come back. You can't do too many no ones because they're all dead except for Willow, but I don't know, anyway. Yeah, so uh, the brownies on their guide, no harm will come to them. And then pouring rain, because I guess that's harm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's to go to a uh, tavern, because they need some fresh milk for Alora Dannon, which is her name. And, Not based uh, after the yogurt. Town. No. And the tavern is so grimy, and everybody calls him Peck, and no I'm one so will help pet. him. You, um, this is one of those things that, like, as a kid, I was like, the, one of the reasons why I didn't like this movie. Because, again, this movie kind of, like, warmed over Star Wars. This is obviously supposed to be the cantina the sequence from Star Wars, but just in Willow. Mm. This bar sucks balls compared to the cantina. The cantina had all these crazy creatures. This bar is just hey, filled you know, with human Phil. assholes. Just... Well, at the same time, did you want to linger here? In this place? Yes. No, but I would love to linger in the cantina. That's the difference. Exactly. Yeah. So you could have stayed here longer with more creative shit, uh, or just had some daikinis ro- fighting each other and it's move just, on. It's boring. It's just dumb D and D bullshit. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Willow goes under some stairs to hang out, and one of the brownies <laughs> sees a lady. And wants to fucking hit her with some fairy dust to make her fall in love with him. So, I don't know. She could put him in her her vagina. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. But the other... The frangine, the other brownie, gets some... Wrestling with the bag. Manny's just sprinkle dust on him, so... This is the dust of a broken heart, and now he wants to fuck a cat. Did they just happen to carry this magic dust with them around with them wherever they go? Is this something Chandrilla just gave to them? As like equipment know. for this mission, but yeah, as course, Ron Howard knows comedy, <sighs> but he falls in some beer and the spell's broken. And then Willow gets startled, falls well, backwards. Forgot the part room. where he always has sex with a cat. I, I said he falls in love with a cat. Yeah, whatever. So uh, he's reunited Stop with being old Mads, so enchanted with this movie. <laughs> who's getting dressed up like a lady to avoid a lady's husband who's coming home to this room on the side of a tavern. Oh, God, this is such broad and comedy, too, because he's got, like, these big foam rubber to me, and just... It seems to me that in the time it took you to get dressed up as a lady, you could have just, I don't know, Left. jumped out the there's window. There's a giant window! There's a hole! There's, there's a thousand <laughs> ways to get a gun out of It's just... Yeah, this is so broad and boring and stupid. This her is... husband comes. Yeah, we'll get through it quick. Her husband comes home, starts hitting on old Mad Martigan, who grabs the Lord Dan and pretends he's his baby. But oh no, Ben Mortar's troops and daughter show up and round everybody up, looking at babies. And it's no wonder she can't find the baby if she's just going at, from tavern to tavern <laughs> looking at babies. Going next to yeah, door to door, door literally, yeah, tearing apart each place. Mad shoves the daughter and sees her face and is like, "Hot damn, girl, you hot as shit." And then she's like, you're no woman. 
And that makes the husband mad. Not a woman. Not a woman. And he starts punching and fighting and breaks out. And oh, that's right. Val Kilmer's like, Mardigan. everyone meet Lug, and Lug comes out and starts punching yeah. everybody. Yeah. And Willow and Mad Mardigan manage to escape in the hustle of the bustle. And Mad Mardigan gets on a horse and carriage, and Willow manages to jump on it as it leaves as the bad guys give chase. And also, Brownie slapstick. Ha ha. Just lots of constantly cutting back to the brownies falling over. Blue screen brownies or blue uh, bra- brownies on like an oversized set just falling over and it totally murders any kind of tension. This is already not a very well put together scene. It's just a bunch of fighting on a horse cart. Just give us a re-edit where every time the brownies fall over, they fart. This movie only That'll has like funny, two or three big action scenes. This is one of them. And it's just, like it's not even as good as like an Indiana Jones adventure thing, which... Well, of course not. It's not Nazis and cars. But this is, yeah, it's, it's a fucking... It's Val Kilmer with... with and it's tits. Ron Howard. That's... that's This is the f- first big part of the movie where Ron Howard's just kind of like ineptness as a director. I don't think he's a terrible, terrible, terrible director, but Ron no. Howard has absolutely no flash just, style or... I just don't think he knows how to direct action or comedy. Yeah, if you just want to show someone just like... Like, he'll, 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 he'll film things. Like, if it's okay, there's a horse, there's a thing. Like, he, everything is legible. You understand at, at least... Like, it's... This action scene, at least you can understand what's going on. So it's not like ineptly made where it's like you're confused and like, okay, why is who's doing this at one time or anything like that? But there's no like even in the editing room, this could have been edited to just be like, yeah, cho- like get rid of half of these fucking brownie well, reactions well, and stuff like that. If you but could edit is- out all of all of Willow complaining about no bad Monica stop, yeah, and that too, and, and do what just- get attacked by the bad guys. Willow stop being an idiot, and like even then the only action scenes you're really watching are just like Mad Mardigan like wrestling with these like these, these stunt men, and the most like it's not very interesting action. He's just kind of like fake wrestling, and it no, doesn't like yeah. that. Like there's no part of this that that sings or shines, and it's filled with so much craft. And this is. And, and the movie already has basic fundamental pacing issues where, like, it's hard to tell exactly, like, where the, each act of the movie begins or ends. There's weird things where, the like, the, 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 like the forward progress of the movie regresses. Like, like you think uh, Willa going to the crossroads with his friends, that would be, like, you know, cr- crossing the threshold of adventure, and the movie would go forth from there, but then they end up going back home, and that's when they get... There's just weird... And then the way, actually, individual scenes are executed like this are so kind of flabby and uninteresting. This this is where the... Like, this, yeah, this whole part of the movie is when everything really starts to slow down. And it's just yep. kind of... And these are lots of problems, like, the, uh, watching Solo, I couldn't believe that Ron Howard managed to fuck up a Han Solo a heist movie just because that was just so boringly directed and paced and you got the exact same problems here in willow where i mean this not this i mean this is supposed to be the equivalent of like a millennium falcon chase scene in a star wars movie but of course this is not going to be as exciting as that but there's still a way that like if you handed this to another director like spielberg would have probably found more interesting things to do with this these ideas but like in ron howard's hands it's just the most lamest tv movie quality bullshit that's what it boils down to but anyway there's the chase and they get away and but yeah this is this one the flaws in the movie really become apparent the transformers will It was a different time. It was a time of destiny. A time when a child could tip the balance between good and evil. Why, with my powers, with the strength of my great army, can you not find one little child? 
A time for an unlikely hero named Willow. Tell her I'm not gonna let anything happen to the baby. You gotta get that baby to somebody. I'm somebody. A time of scoundrels. What goes on here? Uh-oh. And a time of rebels. You are great. You're gonna get us killed! You're a great warrior and a swordsman. And you're ten times bigger than I am, stupid! Find the child. Find the child! It was a time when courage could be found where you'd least expect it. A time when unearthly powers raged and good men risked their lives. A time of great adventure. From the creator of Star Wars and the director of Cocoon, Willow. We now return to the Transformers. Brownies vomiting funny. <laughs> they just play the movies. They think I watched the making of feature it on the on the iTunes version of this movie, and half of it is them cutting to the brownies in character hanging out in front of a, a Barbie doll house. Just riffing about how we're on this movie, and, and instead of a trailer, we get a Bobby Doll house, and George Lucas doesn't want to give us money, but they're all like speaking in character with the accents and everything like this. And so, even the making of uh, perspective, this movie's completely in love with the brownies a little bit too much. It's like, okay, these guys are cute, but like they're not that good. Like, like they totally thought these guys it's were like how. Oh. It's like how Disney thought Gertie from the Black Cauldron was going to be. Exactly. It's like, okay, yeah. It, that kind of What's the. Wasn't there a Jetsons movie that had a cute little fluffy thing that was oh, a comedy relief? Oh, and, that was on the show. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's totally that kind of dynamic. Yeah, so, where, anyway. Yeah, they thought this was going to be hit, the viral thing, but it never turned out to be. Yeah. Anyway. They hit a log, back wheels start to break, and uh, second wheel breaks, and Mad Margin's hanging off the back with the bad guy, and then the, the Browners cut some ropes, and barrels fall on the bad guy. They'd be chased by a dude with a mace and ninja stars, and Willow stops the horses and says, You can't chase around with a lure like this. We're getting off. And what, Willow, stop. What are you, what are you, don't, you're the dumbest Imagine asshole. if you had a Star Wars movie where every time anything interesting happened, Luke Skywalker spent the whole movie saying, Han Solo, don't fly so fast. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of like what this is, yeah. <laughs> so... Uh. The man Morgan gets the horses going again and uses a mace to hit a man in the he face. He just throws the Wilhelm. mace like they set it up yeah. like it's going to be this big kind of like there's the bit where um in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade where Indiana Jones they're they're on a motorcycle. <laughs> you know what? Okay, I know this is a little late, but yeah. uh, go back, restart this podcast, and every time Bill compares this movie to either Indiana Jones <laughs> or Star Wars, take a shot. No, but 
fucking like because you will be dead by the end of this. Other people doing better with George Lucas material, just in the execution. But there's where um where, there's kind of like a jousting scene where Indiana Jones in the go kart with his dad, uh, they're jousting with a with a Nazi on a bike, and it's this big thing where it's a big jousting thing. They set up the same thing in this movie, but the, the moment where Mad Mardigan is about to joust with the other guy, he just throws the mace, and that's how the scene gets resolved. It's like it's. He throws it at the driver and they hit a stomp and they crash. There's like a shape to the the fighting and to the combat that could be interesting. But it's just so just like, eh, just things just randomly happen. It's terrible. Anyway, okay. But as scene ends... Oh god, could I could I possibly spend the rest of the podcast and not actually say the word Star Wars again? I don't know if it's <laughs> like I would lose my I, fucking it's mind. Not, it's I don't think it yeah, is. Anyway. Star Wars or Indiana Jones. <laughs> okay, okay. Shut up, Bill. So now Mad Mickelson stops <laughs> and Mads Mickelson. <laughs> I That's an entirely different movie. That'd be a much well, I actually like Val Kilmer in this movie, but that would be a better movie. No, he's great. And they just I call just... him Mads Mickelson. <laughs> Mads Mickelson, well, stop all, the car! All, all of my notes, I didn't want to type out Mad Mardigan constantly, so I call him Mads. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That just slipped out. <laughs> so, stops, and Willow is like, blah, 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 don't drive, don't drive like that. Big like that. titty suit, like, oh, you're touching my breasts. <laughs> anyway. Don't drive like that with a baby, and Mad Mardigan's like, I just saved that baby's life, and he's got a point. So he sends the horses off, and they hide, and some bad guys ride by on horses barking like dogs i dude i think at some point in this movie they were just like whatever because what if- <laughs> there's no dogs so these guys are riding by they're all maybe this is the last part of the movie they were editing and they're just like whatever we gotta just get this done in theaters <laughs> we're tired yeah no one's gonna pay so to mad martin anyway. walks into some into the woods saying they better get going before more uh. troops show up and Willow says they don't need him, and then he chases him down because they need him. There's a cute moment where isn't this the thing where the like the the, the brownies are? Well, I'll let you talk because you probably you'll hit the plot points. I did not take many notes about what the brownies were doing. No, isn't this the thing where brownies are like we got to go to the island? Finn Rizel is over there, oh, and they're yeah. like, okay, where, the, which way are you headed? Yeah, it's in that direction. And I do. There is a great yeah. moment where Valcom was like. God damn it! That's the direction I'm going, and I thought that yeah. was cute because yeah, I, I, it's it's hard to tell whether or not he's actually serious. But it, the, the joke seems to be that like this is his way of trying to stick with the gang without making it yeah. sound like he's trying to stick with the gang. But I, yeah, it, I do like when he's like, ah, that's the way I'm going. I thought it was very cute. So <sighs> a quick scene where Ben Mortis slaps Kale and is like, none of you fuckers <laughs> can find that tiny little baby. Just gotta check him with Ben Mortis being a dick to everybody again. Yeah. Why did he even come back to the castle just to be like, no, still no baby. <laughs> Gotta go back out there, but Why still you... no baby. Is he doing this at the <laughs> end of every you... day? Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Why is he uh, going back you... after all? Because he knows what's going to happen. Know. He's just going to get punched in the face and have to get back on his horse. Oh. So the good guys go to sleep. Brownie's dreams of big rats. Ha-ha! Uh-huh. Willow plays with the magic wand, gets launched into a tree, doing like a... The most uh, weirdest, eat. just like, hey, gets launched uh-huh. in the air, like... Scream. I guess it's supposed to be funny, because it's Ron Howard I in guess. charge. You're just on the left going, okay, that was a thing that happened. <laughs> Quick scene of, uh, later, of Willow yelling at, uh, Mad Morgan about giving the baby black root. Oh, uh, this is... Don't give babies black root. He Willow is very easily led to anger. Yeah, he gets mad a lot. I when we when I first mentioned that I was gonna do this movie, you mentioned Black Root, and I was like, oh my god, I remember that bit. Because <laughs> yeah, I I guess it's actually just Vanilla Bean, but I do like he yeah. stole our Black Root. Don't worry, I'll get you more Black Root, kid. I that's mm-hmm. another cute little moment. I think that was nice. 
So they reach the lake with the island on it, and Mad Mardigan cleans up a little bit more, so now he's very pretty. But he's still kind of like wearing half the pink dress that he was wearing on the previous scene, which is weird. Well, yeah, he hasn't found a new outfit. Yeah. This is the part. I must have loved that black rune seat so much that I decided that like I never need to see any more again, because I don't remember anything about this movie from here on out to like the snow scene. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Mardigan says goodbye to the baby as Willow loads up the boat, and then Willow says goodbye to him as he leaves, and he kicks some sand on the brownies in their faces. Good. Uh, Willow leaves the baby on the shore with the brownies as he goes to the island. That's a good that. plan. Uh, in the deleted scenes, they were talking about there was a big elaborate thing where, like, Bath Morda here. I always heard about this, too, in, like, the making of and the novelization and stuff. There was a big scene where Willow gets attacked by a fish boy? This boy who turns into a fish and tears apart his boat. Uh, and I was wondering how they do that if he's got 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 the baby with him. But I, you know, I forgot that mm. like he just leaves the baby on the shore. But anyway, they they cut out. Supposedly, it was one of the big action scenes in the movie that cost like millions of dollars, and they had to like this big prosthetic, the big mechanical jaws fish thing that attacked uh, Willow and his boat, and all. But they all cut it out because man, the fucking. If you can see any deleted scenes of the fish boy from Willow, look that shit up on YouTube. That fake fish looks fucking funny as shit. No wonder they cut the whole scene. <laughs> they fucked that up. So, yeah. anyway, yeah. but now Willow just ends up uh, just going directly to the, to the to the island. Yep. So, uh, he starts yelling for Finn Rizel, and then uh, Brushtail Possum shows up and is like, What you want, fool? I'm Rizel. But more, turn me into this shit. Willow shows her the wand and is like, hey, let's go look at a baby. So they do. <laughs> That's a, you know, actually, okay, this one, one of the last times I was going to freak out about the the, 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 uh, the, the beautiful scenery. <sighs> but this right here, they're up on the lake, and you can see it's doing that super cool thing where they're on the lake, and you can see the snow-swept mountains in the background. And it's got that thing where there's, like, a band of clouds but right right above the like the level of the lake and it looks it looks like it's a matte painting but it's real it's fucking gorgeous i love the way like new zealand added so much production value to this movie it just looks looks like something from an actual like beautiful D campaign but anyway mm -hmm. anyway so uh rizel wants willow to use the wand to change her back into a human but he's not a sorcerer he's a farmer so they're gonna have to teach him some spells but oh no, some horses show up, and Mad Morgan got captured and sold them out. Good job, you dingus. Yeah, fucker. yeah he could have led them anywhere. God, we only but he actually led them back Guys, here. Yeah, he knows the baby's there, because uh, it's just like, yeah, fucking Mad Do they know but that anyhow, Mad Okay, so they know, they know that the baby is connected to Mad Mardigan because of the tavern scene. So I guess yeah. he couldn't bluff his way out of this too easily. Okay, because otherwise you could just say, yeah. Mad Mardigan can just be like, I don't know any kid. What are you talking about? Yeah. I know, no, no, baby. <laughs> Watching this in HD, looking at the little animated mouth they put on Finn Rizel, the possum looks whole fucking. Uh... Yeah, this is yeah. one of those things that was. Th this movie was never meant to stand up to this kind of scrutiny, but. Oh, God. So, uh. Wow. Mad Morgan gets beat up some more, and they all get taken away by the brownies, except for the brownies who give chase. Oh, uh, yes. Okay, yeah. And. Willow's got a chain around his neck and is being walked behind a caravan. Is that looks uh, rough for like, like a dwarf, yeah. a dwarven actor to have to like be like walking behind behind these horses and not get dragged along, which actually happens when they're up in the snow. But yeah, yeah. And uh, 
They managed to have a little cage for Finn Rizal. Good, nice, nice. I love that someone, did they just have the time? I, presumably it's just a fish cage. Why would they yeah. take Finn Rizal? Did they know it's Finn nah, Rizal? They never explained I what's don't going know. on here. Yeah. So the daughter sorcerer rides up next to them and Matt Morgan says, she's like, what are you looking at? He's like, you're like, I'd like to break it. And then she's like, you're pretty hard from down there, slave. <laughs> and then she <laughs> rides off. <laughs> and goes away. Um... There was a cut. And he says, I hate that woman. Uh, well, That's foreshadowing. Yeah. Uh, there's a uh-huh. cut scene here where Finn Rizal is all like to Sorcia, like, I knew your father I did. And your father would mm. not approve of this. There was a whole cut, uh, the subplot about how um, the Sorcia's dad was the king of Tirislene, the good castle that they end up at, where everyone's been frozen under rocks. And... Uh. Uh, I guess Sorcia was like brainwashed and by Bab Morda into thinking like she's... that would make more sense because I don't Im- I can't picture Bab Morda having getting it on with those monks exactly or yeah so I guess Bab Morda like brainwashed Sorcia into thinking yeah the, the, the Sorcia was her kid and so Sorcia finds out about this when they go to Tears Lane which explains why she suddenly decides to join the good guys they cut all that shit yeah. out but this is supposed to be oh, dropping fine. the first insinuation that like well, what's up with Sorcia's father what's going on here but yeah. Mm. So they ride on, Snowy Field, Willow falls oh, over, that also Mad Mardigan puts him like, on his shoulders. Mad Mardigan and Sorcerer are like, kind of like the king and queen of the castle at the end, why they're like, kind of royalty. Because yeah. they're all, oh, and then, then they're taking care of Elora Dana and she's a princess, that's why she becomes a princess. Well, that cuts mm-hmm. out the whole reason how, how she actually, okay, that's dumb. That they, maybe those scenes with like mentioning Sorcerer's dad does, don't make any, weren't very interesting, but then again, there's a whole bunch of stuff in this movie that's not very interesting. But that cuts out, that's yeah. the whole reason how she becomes a princess, technically. Anyway, shut up, Bill. Yeah. Anyhow, uh... Sun, snow. It's night and it's snow. Kale. Kale's there, they got the baby. Yay! And then... Uh, later, Willow and Mad Mardigan are in a cage, and they free Roselle, who squats down and takes a shit in the corner of the cage. Does she? Oh, yeah. That possum oh, is squatting really? in the corner of the cage. Oh, you can't see the shit, but you could definitely I tell that possum is squatting in a particular way. Oh, no. It, I, it looks a little bit like it in HD. Because I was, like they I may was have traced over weirdly, it. Oh, it is totally shitting. I'm watching it right now. It's totally like, <laughs> it's standing there. It's kind of doing that back and forth. Like, I'm trying to wiggle my shit And its out eyes there. are half squinted. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. She's mm-hmm. talking at the same time. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Oh, she, this is like this is like right after she bites Willow because he's yeah. he he, uh, he needs to use his own blood for the spell that they're gonna do to try to yep. turn her back into a person. Yep. And for beginners, there's some pain. Okay, a lot of pain. And the brownies show up. Yay. Well, they and, show up just as he's starting to do the spell to turn yeah. Fenrir. And they're back. like, shut up. Yeah. So, um. She says she's going to be super hot when she's human again, so Matt Morgan tells Willow to concentrate. But he turns her into a crow. And she bitches about farmers, because funny. And then the, the brownies start to pick the lock on the cage, and Mad Morgan's like, I'll do it, and tries, but they hit him with the bag of love powder, and it, oh, oh no, he's feeling fine! Uh-oh. I feel so, hijinks coming on. Yeah, So they go and find a Lord Dannon, but oh no, she's in Sorcerer's... Uh, a uh, tent, and Matt Morgan sees her just all asleep and falls in love with her, and he almost gets stabbed in the neck. But then he's like, doing bad poetry to her and saying she's a star in the sky I, and the moon. I get whatever. the point of what's going on, but again, yeah. it's the execution that's just kind of like, yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, I guess they filmed this scene twice. They filmed it first at the start of production, but then after uh, uh, Mad Morgan and Sorcia started porking in real life, they decided to <laughs> refilm it because there would be that much more passion between the two. Mm. Uh, Val Kilmer and Joanne Wally, uh, I guess they uh, got married like three months after filming wrapped on this, and they were married for eight years and had two kids. So mm. at least they, I mean, they had a longer marriage than a lot of normal marriages, so good for them, but yeah, so... But yeah, not that the past yeah. really means much in this scene, because it's just so much... Like, there's a scene where, like, Bad, uh, Mad Margaret is about to pick up the kid and walk out, and, like, he suddenly turns around and st- starts, like, licking Source's face while she's asleep or something like that. <laughs> and, like, they do the most comical cutback to Willow and the brownies, all, like, doing the ham palm thing, like, pull up, like going, oh, yeah. God. And it's the most, like, I, I, I'm shocked that there's not a wah-wah sound in the movie at that point. It's just so, like, uh Super fucking pedestrian staging, let's put it that way. Yeah, so Willow grabs the baby, but he gets caught by a guard outside and kicked back in, and she's looking at Matt Mardigan, she was falling in love with him, she says, deceiver! And he hits the, the pole holding up the entire tent, and it all comes crumbling down. He hits it so hard, day turns into night, or vice versa. Uh-huh. <laughs> now it's midday! And then he stabs a bunch of fools, and Willow's like, you are great with this sword. And he says, <laughs> gives him the big thumbs up. And then he says he falls and down, he... because this is the thing. Yeah. For some reason, they thought this is so funny. This is the punchline to all the trailers, was Mad Mardigan swinging the sword and, like, slipping and falling. And even in the movie, yeah. it's kind of like, eh, that's whatever. Because, you know, they're trying to take the air out of the fact that he's super, super badass. But yeah, like to make he that tells... like the marketing button for all the marketing is like that's not like that's the that's not what you're bringing to the tables. Val Kilmer slip, slipping in the snow for no reason. It's just like okay, I when he... when that happened in the movie, I was like, oh my god, I remember seeing that a thousand times on TV. Yeah, he tells Willow get on a shield. We're gonna go sledding. <laughs> the other the other secondary big action chase sequence in this film. Yeah, uh-huh. the kids love sledding. <laughs> And it's yep. funny because so actually it's love... not as much of a chase. It really is just them, because like they they only they're, they're, they're only chased on foot by like for like ten seconds by two troops. But like the rest his... of it is just like IMAX, like first person whoosh, whoosh, through the snow. His love of Sorsha does not top his love of being alive. Yeah. So he's got to ride down to sl- on that shield with Willow, or to be more exact, a dummy <laughs> and a stuntman have to ride with Willow. I'm sending you a screen cap of something I saw in HD, and oops! Oh no! Oops, oh no! Uh, That's not a good dummy! Oh my god! We need to use that. It's like a paper mache Willow? <laughs> That is, Balding paper mache Willow. I mean, that is also clearly not uh, Val Kilmer, but like, yeah, there's no. a Willow puppet and obviously like a He's dummy. He's got a. <laughs> That's alarming. It, 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 <laughs> from the way that his hair is hanging, it looks like he's got a chin strap beard. Exactly, yeah. You know, which is entirely possible because he's got like a little bit of a. Uh, I think the actor's got a little, got a little bit of a goatee. And I kind of wonder if they actually <laughs> did that just to, like, yeah, make sure his wig didn't fly off as they're flying down the mountain. Yeah, oh, but... sledding, reaction shots, sledding, There dummies. is some cool footage of, like, like they're, like, sliding through, like, almost looks like a glacier and stuff like that. The scenery looks yeah. cool, but it's not a very interesting. Again, it's, it's, it immediately stops even being a chase scene. It's just uh, a bunch, a couple stuntmen, yeah, like you said, on a dummy, just, like, sledding through the snow. And it's just like, okay, like, yeah, this, this is this yeah. is trying to be this movie's, like, 
equivalent of like the Millennium Falcon going through the asteroid field, but no, it's just Oh, you did. I'm it. just saying. I like I said, I could <laughs> Well, yeah, come on. This is No one's clamoring for a sequel to this. Don't, please don't ask me about your nothing reference Star Wars. You can't No. You think like if they were going to make a sequel to Willow, do you think anyone would be like how much more sled riding is going to be in that? Cuz that was such a f- popular <laughs> so, thing in the first film. Yeah. Yeah. They lose Man Mardigan at some point. He rolls down the hill behind I... them. They, you know what? In a better version of this movie, this would be hilarious. But because Ron Howard mm. directed it, it's just like, oh, it's 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 a foam rubber styrofoam thing walking down the hill with two human feet sticking out of it crashes into the home and just explodes. But yeah, yeah. Willow crashes into a shed, and Mad Morgan comes inside a giant snow roll and crashes as well. And he, he didn't get completely wet. He kind of got snow wet. So now he doesn't know if he loves Sorcerer or not. She kicked him in the face. He cartoonish like, I don't know if I love her. And he holds his hands up I to his head know. like, I don't know what happened anymore. Yeah. No time for that, though. Kale is coming to ruin their salads. So the whole village hides and... They hide Willow and Matt Mardigan as well in one of the basements. This mountain Eric village, is they da- have mountain base. Like, did they dig out basements for all these little huts? Yeah, where else are you going to store your well, shit? I guess so. I, I... Eric is down there too. And Matt Mardigan is mad at him because he said he left him in that cage to die. But Eric's like, hey, we got slaughtered like fucking crazy. We probably saved your life. So and, it's just uh, Eric and a couple troops, right? Because it's not this entire Yeah. Contingent. Yeah, okay. I mean, they are saying yeah, that they got so, slaughtered, so there's going to be less of these dudes, but... Like, how, yeah. how did these guys just randomly end up on this mountaintop basement? I don't like, know. It doesn't make any sense, but... Kale and his cronies leave to search the north end of the mountain, and Sorsha yeah, finds a hidden Sorsha's door under a rug. Yeah, all just happens to leave right before she's yeah. going to uh, investigate this one hut. And she heads down into the basement, where she gets grabbed by a mad martigan and taken hostage with a dagger, and that's why you always send a red shirt down first, you idiot. Yeah. And then, after they go up above, Eric's like, You always told me you serve no one. Now you're helping this Peck? You, he won't help you, Peck. He's a worthless thief. And Mad Morgan says, He serves the Nelwands. Yeah, he do this. He's now a good guy. Yeah, Yay. He a golden a check mark next to his name in all scenes. Yeah. So they ride off with a knife to Sorsha's throat. As Eric's men come pop out and kill all of Mad Morgan's men. Yay, Yay. they skip it. Action. So they ride on to Terrace Lee, and Sorsha's like, Stop holding me so tight. He doesn't want her to get away. Because they're having a mood lighting fight or whatever. <laughs> a moon- okay, you moonlighting. I heard mood lighting. Like, it's not yeah. very cinematic. Well, lit, I mean, but- that. that- that reference is, reference is so timely, I can see why you got confused. But it is, especially this gets even weirder without the, 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 the inclusion about Sorsha's father. Because at this point in the movie, she's, for... she's supposed to be questioning like what happened to her dad and what's going on with her mom. This mm. thing, it just seems like she's just horny for... Like, she's going to turn good just just because she's horny for Val Kilmer's dick. Yeah. It's a little bit weirder, but... So, for those under the age of 80, uh, Moonlighting was a show <laughs> with Bruce Willis and What's-Her-Butt where they fought Sybil all Shepherd? the time. Yeah, that lady. And they fought and slammed doors and was referenced in the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Really? Yeah, when, when Casey Jones and April slammed doors, Donatello says, Gosh, it's kind of like Moonlighting. Oh, man. And all the eight-year-olds in the audience says, Ha 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 ha, Moonlighting! I started watching that again for maybe for the podcast, and uh, I didn't get that far, so, okay. Ah. Might, we might end up talking about that again sooner than later, though. Who knows? No! So she... Yeah. 
So she's like, oh, you don't love me anymore? He's like, I don't know. She gets upset by being scorned by this beautiful man, so she elbows him. Yeah, there's him something about scuffle. how, like, she asks him, like, what, you like, you were in love with me, you were my, I'm your moon and your stars, and he's like, oh, that was a passing thing. And she gets upset by that as much as anything else. And that's what gives <laughs> yeah. her the, uh, the the courage to, like, punch him in the face and try to run away, and then he runs over and pins her down, yeah. and it's like, it's like, turns into, like, sexy wrestling for a second, and... Yeah. Well, Kale's catching up, probably because they were just moseying at a nice drawl southern pace. I guess so. Like, why are they taking so much time to catch up to these guys? It's <laughs> not like know. it's not like so, uh, Willow and and Mad Mardigan were hauling ass on their horses. Yeah. No. So uh, she gets away as they ride on the Tears Lee as Mad Mardigan and Sergeant. They could have done more of a moment where she like. There's a moment where she turns back. I kind of wish Val Kilmer had been like, come with us, like an actual honest, like not not as a prisoner, but like come, like don't be a jerk, like we have yeah. some, like come on, and I would that would have been a little more interesting, but no, he they, they just oh, Lee's a shithole. <laughs> Terrence Lee's a matte painting, uh, with it's honestly the- just the same set they'll use for uh, Knockmar Castle later, but just kind of cleaned mm. up, and there's a bunch all of glass of- turds all over the place filled with people. All, yeah, all the people are trapped in giant gemstone turds, and the ah oh, trolls are shitting everywhere. Thanks, Fairy Queen, you dingus. I wonder what prop guy. I wonder what they use for troll shit. I, I guess they could have just used horse shit, but yeah. George Lucas's later scripts. <laughs> oh. oh, it is to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they just mulched his his oh, his, his outline for Howard the Duck too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um... Willow hates trolls. And now's the perfect time to change Finn Rizel back into a human while they're being chased by an entire army. Good good idea. Well, she's she's claiming that, like, she's like, Turn it back and I'll destroy this army for you! Yeah. yeah. This is this is supposed to be, like, the action should be building, but now we just have the characters kind of... <laughs> and, <laughs> did you do that right into the mic? Oh, no, I thought I muted myself. You're going to have to edit that out. <laughs> and I, that's, your, that's your critical opinion of my statement. It's just like, shut up, Phil Honk. Please mute that out or censor it or something. I don't. I, I, I try. I, I pushed my button. It didn't take. I might dip down the levels because that was such a first time to- Anyway, I love Daniel. Oh God! But this is also this is like essentially like essentially where the third act of the movie should be starting, and this is where the, like not to say that every movie in the world has to adhere to like a very specific plot structure, but the the kind of the, the kind of movies that George Lucas writes like Star Wars and stuff like this are very specific. Like, I hate you! I hate you so much! I hate you! I hate me! I hate my life! Thinking I muted my mic. I'm usually so good about that. I can almost almost hear like the specific specific snot flakes erupting out of your nose. Oh god! Anyway, yeah, this is this is one of the things that should be the most interesting in the movie, and uh, instead it's a bunch of like the heroes are just running around an empty castle, and it's just kind of like yeah, it's just like it's just the pacing of this movie. So I need you to pay attention to Mad Mardigan closing the gate. And then barring it with the bar to keep everybody out. The tiny out little bar the... that's already half broken? 
with the giant gap in the middle that they could just stick something through and lift Seriously, that bar someone up. Seriously, someone could just put their hand through it and just lift it. <laughs> like, there's no, yeah. You don't even need a but stick. But they're like, gotta get a battery You could just ram. stick your hand through it and lift it one person. Yep. You don't even have to do, like, there's <laughs> no engineering castle involved. Gate. Yeah. No wonder. No, no wonder this castle I was castle about to fell. say, no wonder, this is supposed to be the stronghold of the, of the world that's supposed to protect it from evil, and that's, no, Jesus Christ, guys. Yeah. Yeah. So Mad Mardigan sets up traps and shit. They try to establish. This is again like the execution. They're establishing that like Mad Mardigan setting up a bunch of Home Alone style traps, which this scene is kind of boring. And the execution is just so when actually these traps are set later, it's just kind of like humdrum. But like, and also we're like, what are like these? Literally, it's one guy and a dwarf and an animal, like fighting this entire army. Like, what are we like? Hey, hey, hey! Like, what's supposed to happen? Hey. And a baby. And a baby. And a magic baby who keeps and on barfing out everybody. And there's uh-huh. also trolls, like, fucking hand-drawn troll silhouettes yeah. chasing everyone all of a sudden. Crawling on walls and yeah. shit. Not very... It's interesting how yeah. trolls are always... They, they're they never the same. Trolls are, like, one of the most... Like, goblins usually look the same, but trolls, in all iterations, are usually slightly different. They never <laughs> quite look the same. While falling asleep last night, I was reading about Willow on TVTropes.com. And uh, one of the TV tropes they were talking about was all trolls are always different. And that that, that specifically yeah. the trope is like no one can decide on like what a troll is supposed to be in this. And they're like, oh, yeah, and this this movie's a, a, the f- interpretation of a troll. It's just like a, it's a guy in a gorilla suit with like a burned face. And that's yeah. the, 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 who just goes around going ooga booga chasing people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, because even so, the Harry um, Potter, like, there was, like, the, the bathroom troll, so it was a big tall thing yeah. and a monster. Like, trolls and ogres tend to be kind of kind of similar in these, but I don't know, so. Yeah. So, uh, Willow uses the wand on a troll and changes it into, you gross, no thank and you. Turns and turns it uh, into, like, it rips its skin off and uh-huh. tentacles come out. And, and it, I... We were going to have the debate about it, and I'd agree with you. I said it was a testicle, and you said it's like a, a, a festering pustule goiter or something. It and is. Yeah, you're more, you're more Because I think the idea is that he turns into a ball that, like, some its skin get, then gets ripped off. It's kind of like he's being turned uh-huh. inside out. But then, like, two baby dragon heads stick out of it, and then Willow kicks it yeah. into the lake. Is this how dragons are born in this universe? I don't like, know. Willow probably shouldn't have just said something random and zapped seriously. it. Seriously. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like Finn Rizal should have said, use this spell, not just, hey, s- s- jab it with a wand. It is kind of a weird justification to get a dragon but into this scene, but... I guess, yeah, I guess it does work out for them in the yeah, end. Kinda, yeah, yeah, I, I, guess, I guess the dragon does end up cooking a lot of those troops, and I guess it kind of menaces Willow and the bridge <laughs> a little bit, but it does way more damage so, to the enemy uh, army, but yeah. Mad Mardigan fights off some dudes, and then he does some sweet sword tricks as the giant monster rises up behind him. Then he knows. Oh, that's it. the joke because he's gonna face off against the army, yeah. and and suddenly the army runs away, and he thinks it's because they're scared of him. But no, it's the dragon. Yep. that's right. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he's lucky Indiana Jones wasn't there to shoot him <laughs> after those sweet sword tricks. I'm glad. To, okay, at least you brought up Indiana Jones once, and it wasn't just me. Okay. Oh yeah. So uh, he joins Bad Morton armies outside, and then Kale's like, I killed him! And they all start fighting again back inside the castle. So now it's an, one dude and a two-headed fire-breathing dragon versus an army. 
and a goat. And this doesn't Patrol make any sense. Like, this entire army of 200 people, like, they're just chasing Mad Mardigan one by one while Bat... <laughs> yeah. Sources is off in the distance, like, getting all wet and juicy watching this happen. And this is... Uh, yeah, yeah, just, again, the, the shape of the scene and what's going on is so kind of, like, lackluster. It's kind of like... It doesn't feel like there's any stakes. It just feels like random things happening. But, yeah, and... Oh, yeah, I was about to say that, yeah, a troll attacks Willow. Yeah, he keeps it at bay with fire. He almost gets to use an acorn on it, but he fails. He and oh, doesn't he drop the bridge to stone? He drops it, yeah. yeah. If only there was a giant two-headed fire-breathing target you could have thrown that at. Oh shit! I didn't think so, about that. <laughs> the troll turns around just so Willow could stab it in his butthole. Okay. <laughs> then they fall through Trolls the bridge. And the Willow smartest. hangs They're from violent, it. but not no. smart, I guess. But yeah. God, these are. They fall through the. Mm. <laughs> the troll turns around as like, show would be a shame if someone poked me in the butt. Oh. <laughs> puts his finger to its mouth and it's like, mm. uh -huh. That's exactly what I just <laughs> exactly, did. Exactly, yeah. So, Willow hangs from its legs, manages to get on the underside of the bridge, and the troll gets eaten by the creature. Just the troll, right? Um, like, not, not, not Willow, yeah. but this is, it selectively picks yeah. the troll out, even though the troll is what's yeah. keeping Willow from falling, but yeah. It's a bigger bite meal. Yeah, I guess so. So, Matt Morgan's still stabbing and kicking his way through the army to get at Willow, who's on the other side of the castle, about to be attacked by another troll. So he jumps on a catapult and launches himself at them, and Sorcia sees him do this and gets all mad That's wet. That's why they keep on cutting back to her, and she's like... You can, feel, yeah. you can hear the draw drawbridge of her vagina uh -oh, clanking no, open no, again. No, no, you always... <laughs> That's oh. what I'm saying. That's the <laughs> Your analogies for female... I Female getting turned on is always the I just love the, the sound of the, 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 the clanking drawbridge chains and just the wet voice heard, slinking if open. If she heard you say that, they would slam shut so fast and so hard, it would create a sonic boom that traveled around the world twice. Oh, God. Yeah, that would make men deaf. Uh, oh, God. But yeah, so anyway, trolls, willow he, stuff things. He, he kills the troll and hands Willow a spear before jumping on the creature's head and... Changing into a clay animation, Mad Mardigan whipping around. <laughs> it's a little doll, Mad Mardigan. I mean, actually, the dragon <laughs> itself isn't that bad. It's obviously like a blue screen no. stop motion puppet. Yeah. Well, technically, it's go motion. Uh, but mm. uh, yeah, but Mad Mardigan drives a sword through the the, the dragon's head, uh, in a way that the dragon can no longer open its mouth. So I guess the gases in its head build mm. up until it explodes. Yeah, because yeah, you can see it's like it's got it's this nut sack that expands with yeah. like fire gas, and then it goes. What? I feel so bad because its head explodes, and the other and the other head is like, "What happened?" And then the uh, the other head falls down too, and it's all like, "Oh no, I'm dead." It does this little mm -hmm. death animation. I've, this is yeah, very sad. Feel bad for yeah. Some bad guys startle the baby. Will stabs one. Oh no! Kale rides his horse inside uh, the building. That's. That's not polite. It's, it's Kale's one big dramatic shot where he comes in and he's all sunlit from behind and stuff like ha -ha! that. And like, yeah, yeah, he approaches Willow, and you don't see get to see what to happen next. But then like Kale's like charging out of the castle, and like why does he kill so Willow there? Sorsha watches Mad Mardigan stab the creature in the head and fall to the ground. Oh, okay, so yeah. She's all she's all juiced up by this, and she picks him up off the ground and smooches him with her bloody sword from. I. Maybe she stabbed a chicken on the what? way to the castle or something? She has not done <laughs> I a always, thing in this I fight. always assumed that there was a guy about to kill Mad Mardigan. She, oh, she, I'm she sure stabbed him and they just edited him out? Yeah, I'm sure there's all kinds of deleted shit. Uh, I do like the thing. It's where her, she instigates the kiss, which is cute, but 
Yeah. It's so cute. I guess. And then Eric. You know what? I think they're going for a Han Solo Princess Leia thing here a little bit. <laughs> oh <laughs> my <laughs> god. I mean, it is interesting that Source so, is kind of like Princess Leia mixed with Darth Vader. Which, that's an interesting pitch for a character in a movie, but yeah. I muted myself that time. <laughs> <laughs> did you blow your so, nose or did, did, did you sneeze or what? I blew okay. my nose. So, uh, the creature whips its head around and explodes as Eric's army shows up. And then Kelsey's uh, oh, fighting the lions. Yeah, okay. Back to bat with my Mardigan, and he's like, okay, whatever, and leaves with the baby. And that's not how you ride with a baby. You gotta support that big old baby. Yeah. Boy. Well, I guess uh, Daryl K. Uh, do you think? You think it wouldn't matter whether or not the baby survived? Because the whole point they're trying to get their hands on the baby. Well, but no, they're, they gotta banish. I guess the baby. that's, that's what we're gonna find it. out in the next scene. It's not enough to kill a baby, yeah. but like either like yeah, you have to send the baby specifically to hell, which is a hell of a thing. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Willow stumbles out all bloody and upset. Somebody took the baby. But General Kill took the baby from Willow again. Why doesn't General Kill? Uh-huh. Ke- I mean, I know he doesn't think Willow's much of a threat, yeah. but kill the motherfucker. If this is supposed to be the baddest yeah. soldier in the world. Why doesn't he, like? He just wanted to make him say. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, yeah. all that happens. So Kale gets. Kale gets home and yells, "I got the child. <laughs> what a hero!" Home. He yep. has to open the garage <laughs> and, with his little beeper. <laughs> Mad Mardigan and Sorsha aren't far behind with Eric's army, who will set up towers and a battering ram. They'll attack at dawn because I guess they have time to waste. Uh, yeah, I so, know exactly. Because why give the queen twelve hours to prepare? And also, uh, they've obviously just showed up the same set that they just left at. Now it's just painted brown. Yeah. Yeah. So Kale takes the baby to Bavies, and uh, she's like, hey, where did that kid of mine? And he's like, he just turned against us, my queen. And she says, turned against me? Yeah, you're obviously evil. Is, so she shouts, prepare to It actively makes your villain stupider when she sky. can't see this coming. Like, So yeah. uh, she goes on top of her castle and is like, ha 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 ha, there's just no army. And Rizal makes Willow go in a tent and put up a protection spell. <laughs> Rizal's like, Mad- guess what? This fucked up Pinocchio scene's about to happen. You might want to hide. Yeah. Yeah. Mad gets like, hey, yo, give us that baby. And she says, yeah, I nah, always nah, forget nah, this nah. happens you're, in this movie. You're not warriors. You're pigs. And then they all start turning into pigs. And Brav Mortis snorts and claws at the air. <laughs> I do like Even the Even the brownies turn into pigs. I- I love the fact that you get to see two piglets hanging out in the crowd later, which I'm insinuating yeah. that that's that that's the brownies. But yeah, I I did read. It's probably the only bit of IMDb trivia I've ever liked. Oh yeah. Did you look at it? Oh, I didn't even no, look at the trivia. Says, no. It says the large group of pigs outside the castle continuously tried mating. Buckets of cold water were used to separate oh, them. Bring up the question. These guys are turning into pigs. Do they still have their human minds if they're pigs? Because uh, if not, then Source is literally double fucked in this situation. Yeah. But, well, that's the thing. Uh, Bav Morda, she sees Sorsha that this is when she finds out the Source has actually aligned herself with. Well, she actually sees that Source has aligned herself with the good yeah. guys. And then she's like, You're a pig too. And she goes, Bruh. And then Sorsha falls down. She takes off whatever protection spells. Exactly, so, yeah. Uh, yep. Will looks out at all the pigs. Uh, is the inside the monks strapped the baby up with electrical tape? Has been more called out <laughs> thunders. It Ties is. her up with, a, with an extension cord. Beats her against the wall. A lot of a lot of half human, half pigs. I'm sure that caused. Some oh god, the one guy lives. where he's like he's like he's, he's still human on top, but he's all pig on the bottom, and it's and it's terrible makeup because the, all the makeup looks super plasticky and stuff. But which is yeah. funny because I saw the makeup. Oh, I don't. The, I don't like the guy that's laying on the ground. That's his lower half is a pig and his top half still human. That's that's upsetting. what I'm saying. Yeah, 
Uh, I, I saw that the creature makeup guy for this movie was named Nick Dudman, who wound up doing the creatures mm-hmm. and effects, uh, the makeup creature effects for uh, episode one, The Phantom Menace, and his work was so derided because he made such a shitty young Yoda puppet that he left oh, Star yeah. Wars and wound up doing the same thing for the Harry Potter movies instead. But I just thought mm. it was interesting that his name popped up. But yeah, I don't think, I mean, granted, they probably didn't have that much of a budget to work with, like turn all these 18 million guys into pigs, but it still looks pretty crappy. But it is still kind of horrifying, though, too, at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So Will looks out the tent and sees the pigs the and is like, well, we're fucked. Uh, that's like, <laughs> pork chops 99% sale oh <laughs> Will, Finn Rizal's like just change it back into a human willow and he casts a spell again and she starts morphing from one animal yeah. to another until she changes into the most dangerous of all animals naked old lady um as a kid who grew up reading about special effects all the time as a kid I kept on saying this all over the fucking place cause this is one of the first big uses of photorealistic CGI in a movie. It's this, the kind of first real big use of morphing in a movie. Um, it's funny now because computer, you know, CGI is such a popular thing in movies now. This looks fucking, this looks like childish Photoshop bullshit as hell now. Yeah. Back in the day, this is a big deal. This is the first time you really saw uh, someone turning into something else in a movie yeah. where instead of doing the cross, it, rather than just cutting away or doing the, the werewolf would... man crossfade thing, yeah. Go ahead. Eventually, it would be perfected by Michael Jackson's Black or well, White. Well, I think that's that, that probably came out like two years after this. But that's the yeah. yeah. Oh, that, that was even a little bit simpler than this because you just had one or like a whole bunch of people ch- changing while like whipping their heads back and forth, so you can kind of like fudge the things a little more. This is like a slow transformation of like a turtle into an ostrich, into a lion, into a woman. And so, but yeah, it's, you can tell it's just like, it, like now if they did this these days, they would, com- they would probably create like three dimensional computer models of each animal and kind of like b- have every body part turned into a different body part. This yeah. is just like a flat 2D picture. Like you could do this on your desktop. There's like, like your filters on your phone that can do this these days, which is kind of funny mm-hmm. to see, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, so she turns she's into a naked old lady. this lady, it's been a long she time. was, she's been in a couple things we've talked about. I most know this lady... Uh, now, uh, she plays the wife of the scientist who helps, uh, do you know the Neverending story that well? Yes. She's the wife of the scientist who helps, uh, Atreyu, uh, the, the guy who, uh, the, the the oracle thing. He's the one who patches up, um, uh, flying luck dragon dog, uh, his wounds. She's the nagging wife who's like, ah, you're not a scientist, you're a motherfucker, and stuff like that. But anyway. Yeah. Now she's Obi Wan Kenobi. Can you, can, can you name the thing that we did with her? I forget. But she has shown up in it something. Was. Oh, I'll look it up now. I'm gonna look up Willow Cast. Okay, go ahead. Oh, okay. You, I was just gonna tell you, but you can go ahead. Oh, you and know look what it, it is? Yeah. Tell me. It was a fish called Wanda. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because I saw her name. She was the lady with the dog that never died. Oh, I totally don't remember that. Her dogs got killed. Yeah. Well fascinating such a good movie oh yep, man my uh, housemate we'll, last night we'll remember she was trying to convince me to like she's like oh i heard you guys did victor victoria once she started talking about the blake edwards movie sob how we needed to like uh-huh. i was like i don't think she understands how much i don't think she understands what our opinions about victor victoria were anyway uh, that's probably best to keep it that way anyway. so um Willow covers her up, and no time to sulk about being old. She's got to change those. Oh, that's back right, because like she doesn't realize she was transformed for that long. Now she's become an old lady. Yeah, yeah okay. That one's just kind of sad. One, change it back one at a time, though. No big rush or anything. 
And that's the funny so, thing is because, like, he does bring one pig in. It's like, if you're supposed to be more powerful than Bad Morning, can't you just do one spell yeah, that like, just undoes what she just did? She's like, let them in, and the pig kind of just waddles in. Hey, what's yeah, up? meanwhile, three so weeks later. Yeah, but Mars starts up her spells, taking some of the baby's wig and throwing it in some wine. And <laughs> what are you talking about, wig? The human, all the humans or daikinis are human daikinis again, and they can't be transformed anymore because Rizella is protecting them with her magic. But her magic cannot get them in the castle. But worry not, for Willow has a plan. He has gophers back home. Good thing time isn't of the essence. So Finrizel said, "I'm gonna fight even if you guys don't." And then everybody else looks at each other like, hmm. <laughs> it's supposed to be the big, like, Crispin's Day speech. Get everyone yeah. excited. Instead, it's just like, gophers. Yep. So the next morning, all the pigs are gone and the camp's deserted except for Willow and Finner's Oh, no, not like, just hey. the whole... But there's also clumps of horse-shaped... Tarps over horse and soldier-shaped <laughs> uh, clumps on the ground. Not suspicious yeah. at all. But no, and nobody happened to be looking out of the castle. <laughs> as soon as they up. turned into pigs, they didn't have such a good laugh that everyone just laughed themselves yeah. to sleep and never looked out over the over the embattlements until Willow and Finn Rizal are like, hey, motherfuckers, we want to talk to you. Yep. Yeah. So Rizal uh, called Kale, and they're like, give us the baby. Come on down, asshole. We'll fuck you up. And Kale's like, ha, 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 go kill them. So the bad guys run out. But when they get close, Willow bangs on a drum, and all the good guys ride out of pits, start stabbing fools, and they're like, oh, shit, back into the castle. Oh, no. And look, the brownies were hiding under a helmet. How fun. Yeah, yeah, I'm dying. This is my screen. favorite movie part of I, ever. I, I forgot to mention the first one, I guess, but I think it was during the chase there was a Wilhelm scream, and now there's a oh, second there's, Wilhelm there's, scream. There's like three or four Wilhelm screams on this, yeah. I think, yeah. So Kale lowers his skull mask onto his face because he means he's stealing his business. Uh -oh. Bad Morta makes it rain as people get stabbed and stuff. And Eric dumps some boiling oil on the bad guys. They hate it so much. And then Sorsha leaves Rizella and Willow to the spell chamber. I'm watching this like, now hey. and there's actually a part where like they're walking up the stairwell and the whole uh, left side of the screen is a matte painting. And they fuck up because they actually accidentally walk over the matte painting part. Meaning their arm disappears Whoops. behind... Uh, part of the map painting a uh -oh. little bit. It's, it's Willow's uh, sleeve and cloak kind of oh, break. To the IMDB goof section, Bill, quick. This it says, God. Yeah. Uh. So I, I like how completely given up on IMDB. Just because it's like, I'll let, oh, yeah. if you find gold, you'll bring it to me. But like, I just, <laughs> yeah. it's so sad to read through that shit. Yeah. Uh. So, uh, Rizelle tells Willow, hey, it's all right. You scaredy cat. You don't have to go if you don't want to. And he's like, okay, cool. I'll stay <laughs> here. Fine with me. So, so her and Sorsha go in the chambers and Bad Morta, who looks like Fried Hell, says, Yeah, I guess she's using her life force to, like, banish the fucking kid away, I guess? Yeah. And this is supposed to be and the she's... scene where, uh, fucking, uh, Sorsha, she's like, You fucked up my dad. And then, mm. then Bad Morta's like, Oh, fuck you, eat my balls. And that's supposed to be the end says, of that. She, uh, says, yeah. she says, Traitor child, I must despise you now. What an odd sentence construction. This is what happens when you get try to you try to write old timey and like wizardly mm. for people, and they just end up saying nonsense. Because it's yeah. like yeah, they, like it's a, they're trying to make it despise is not just an emotion, but it's like an actual act. I'm like okay, yeah. yeah. So she sends a couple of old ass monks after her, and she stabs stabs the hell what out of those old men. I don't know. 
So, you know, Bavmortis, if you just stop being so ding-dong evil, you'd probably be okay. Bavmortis, stay away from the chili station. But then Mori uses the force to send her daughter flying at a wall of spikes that all spell chambers apparently have. Yes. But Finrazel stops Why her and is like, the protection I... part on the inside? If anything, if you have a jail cell with spikes on the on the bars, why is that not pointed inside where the prisoners <laughs> would be? Or whatever you're doing. I like, don't yeah. know. So, uh, is like, hey, you got powerful. She's like, I got Shazindia's wand, bitch. What now? And outside, more fighting, another Wilhelm scream. <laughs> and inside, old ladies are having magic duels. Rizel gets knocked it's against the table. Or to be really more exact, like... a stuntman wearing an old lady <laughs> mask on half his face gets knocked it's... into a table. It looks yeah, bad. Yeah, Bathmorda steals a bit of fire, throws it at fucking What's-Her-Face. She catches on fire. Fucking What's-Her-Face uses her wand to shoot, like, sparkler snow. Like, uh-huh. the, the silliest sound effect happens when she st- shoots snow at Bavmorda. It's like firework sounds. And yeah. the fucking funniest fucking thing is, like, when, yeah, Finn Rizal <laughs> lifts up Bavmorda and starts slamming her against the ceiling. Bavmorda oh, just man. flies around the, in circles. The thunking sounds that happen when she do that, the, the, I, it's one of, like, the most specific audience reactions I can yeah. remember. Went... <laughs> fucking ballistic when she sat around and was all yeah 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 <laughs> crashing her into the walls and stuff fucking hilarious. i don't know if that's a dummy or what but it, is, it looks, looks so good like she's it's an actual human at least being <laughs> flung around and it's just so it's such a like imagine like obi-wan kenobi doing that to darth vader if darth vader were like whoa uh. <laughs> instead of just like lights here that's actually maybe one of the things where this movie outdoes uh, star wars a little bit uh i i do remember in the commentaries for the lord of the rings movie um uh, the first one where uh the fucking who are the dudes they have a wizard, they have a wizard duel. duel i remember uh, lord of the uh, peter jackson specifically talking about how he had seen wizard duels in other movies and they look super stupid and i think that's what yeah. he's probably specifically talking about this especially like the <laughs> elemental part where it's all like ah you cut me on fire but now i'll get you with snow well, that- they're also two old ladies. Yeah, but it is funny that he went like he he, he seemed to take. Actually, you know what? This is a good wizard duel because there's the point where fucking Finrazel just blasts her fist into Bavmorda's face over it's and so over much- again. <laughs> It's 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 pretty much the physical half of this fight. It's like Peter Jackson was like, you know what's the funniest part was was when <laughs> was when Bav Morda was getting flown around and punched in the face. I'm gonna make my whole wizard <laughs> duel just the punching parts. Yeah. Oh yeah, god. But and so Willow makes a dash for the baby, but a uh, uh, cauldron full of bones gets brought to life accidentally as they're slinging magic everywhere. Yeah, and yeah. And this is another that. thing where again, where the movie should be getting super focused. Everything should be super crystal clear what the stakes are and everything like this. Now you've got just like fucking two witches just wrestling around in the water. You got fucking. Willow. They're trying to get. They're fighting over the. Yeah, wand. and and they're just kind of. There's like lightning shooting out of the wand, just destroying half the place. Willow's just being chased by the chamber pot. Uh, there's just random yeah. shit happening outside, and it's just like a. The movie well, just kind of at this point just dissolves into kind of like just random noise for a while. Yeah, I think it's. It's okay, okay but like like I said, like there's so, there should be more focused at this point. Yeah, Man Martigan puts uh, or Eric gets stabbed by General Kale. Okay, yeah. Now, Matt Martigan, you guys are really going to be my oh, out and no. fight against Kale. You didn't really have a reason before, I guess. I guess now he means so, to kill everybody. Everything yeah. was an accident so up Eric, to this point. Eric is like, oh, Windows, war for me. 
Because that's what he said at the beginning. Yeah. Wasn't that Marvin? He's got this fucking stick on his arms. It's not a sword. It's like this weird. Well, that's what what uh, uh, Eric was using yeah. was his sword, which obviously that worked out which real well. Probably for why him. he got stabbed. Yeah. yeah. So he goes to fuck up Kale, but he gets knocked down right away and gets that sword broken. But he gets back up, does some jumpy jumps, and grabs a new sword, and he slams Kale into face, breaking that skull mask, and it's ouch. He hears an old lady scream from the tower and runs to check it out, but General Kale attacks him on the way on some stairs and then fights Man, more. if you really watch and, it, like, General Kale is so like, I'm gonna get with my sword. It's not uh-huh. the imposing badass that he's been built up to be, but yeah. No, so Mad Mardigan stabs him on a bridge a couple times, and then he, I do like the way he steps on a, a, a blade that's on the ground. I think that's Kale's own sword. It upwards. Yeah. yeah. Angles it upwards. Then <laughs> when the scene starts, it's gonna stab him right in the dick. But then they change the angle, so it looks like it's stabbing him. It's yeah. Stomach. Supposedly this kind of cut out for all the British versions because it's a little too grim dark uh, for that. Because he said, "Oh my, my dick. dick!" You chop my big old General Kale dick off. It's got a little skull uh-huh. face helmet on it too. And then he knocks him off the and bridge. That's it. And he, and he falls, falls in down. It's a big thunderclap. Yeah. So turns into family ties. Yep. After punching Bam Warda in the face a couple times with bunches of punches, uh, she gets choked out by Bam Warda as Willow tries to run with the baby, run away with the baby. But if only he had done that earlier, he could have gotten away by so now. So much for but, ba- Finn Rissell being any help at all. Jesus Christ. Yeah, she was. I mean, she, then she punched Bam Warda in the face a whole bunch of times. But we're still <laughs> at the point where it's just Willow versus Bam Warda. Yeah. yeah. So Benmore closes the door with magic and is like, "Give me that baby." And who are you? And he's like, "I'm Willow of Good. I'm a great sorcerer, even better than you, old ladies." And he throws an acorn at her, and it starts to turn her hand to stone. But she grabs it, and it's fine after a couple it seconds. It is kind of, of a cool thing, whereas yeah, like animation over her hand, and then she's like, yeah. she makes it go away, and then she's like, I like, like she's got dust in her hand. She's like, "Oh, it's a nice yeah. try, motherfucker." <laughs> now put your baby on the altar and watch me banish it to another dimension. She didn't really threaten him. She's like, okay, enough of this. Okay, just do what I say because you're a little guy. And he and, says, yeah. no, you stupid egg. With my magic, I'll send her to a realm where evil cannot touch her. And Van Morford is like, yeah, right, there's no such place. And Willow says, gook. And he's flip flap his hands around and makes the baby Gondun disappear. And Ben Morton says, the baby! And this is and enough for her. This is so weird stumbles. how they kill the villain in this movie. She stumbles, spills some paint, holds the wand up in the air, gets struck by lightning, turns into a red mist, and floats. So I guess the idea is that like, because she had set up all this chili to like. So this is the stuff that she was like gonna like banish. The, so she just accidentally finishes the ceremony on herself. Doesn't she need a bit of well, her own hair? Like, does like it used the insanity pepper, Bill? It's very hot. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I know you're not supposed to think about it. That's not the point of the scene. But it's still just like, I mean, I I can see also they don't want Willow actually killing the bad guy. This is supposed to be the classic Disney death where the villain technically yeah. kills themselves. But it's still just so, like, random. Like, if she had just, like, literally just, like, paid a little more attention to where she was walking, she would have won. Like, there's yeah. there's no... It's just... It's, it's like... One last time I'll mention Star Wars. It's like if at the end of Return of the Jedi, instead of, like, the, the, the Emperor being thrown down the, the, the reactor shaft, if instead he slipped on a banana peel and fell down the reactor <laughs> shaft, it's a bit like... At I least he's dead, I guess? I would but it's love like, that. It's like, so be it. Jedi! <laughs> 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 yeah, 
yeah, it's like, okay, I guess that's how you can end the movie, I guess. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, that, that Death Star was not safe. I mean, there were <laughs> an alarming lack of handrails all over that place, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, <laughs> the uh, Fidrizel's like, Willow, the baby! And he's like, hey, don't worry about it, baby. It's just my old vanishing pig trick. Oh, Willow. Oh, I can already hear the celebra celebratory trailer. village music already for the end credits, yep. yeah. So later, he's at the... Uh, he's at, like, uh, Bush Minas Gardens Tirith. Ren Minas Fair. Tirith. Everyone's no. all cleaned Minas up, Tirith. yeah. What's the name of it? Minas Tirith is... Minas Tirith. This is Tiris Lean, which is funny, because Tir is Minas Tirith. Like, there's, like, yeah. it's using some of the same vowels. It's probably based off some yeah. language. So, uh, he's at the Goo Castle. Everybody's cleaned up and happy. No more troll poop. Matt Mardigan's wearing the magic. shittiest prince costume. Where he's got, like, he's <laughs> wearing one of those medieval, like, Prince Valiant, like, things with, like, he the sleeves just been... sliced open. Should have just been topless and flexing. Could have been. Oh, you did a good job, Will. What if, what if his mad Mardigan sorcerer just fucking while sending him away, just like right there, just like just sixty nine and like, okay, we gave you a pony, get the hell out of here. He just from in between legs, he gives her a thumb, him a thumbs up. But yeah, this is. Oh God, this is. Willow's given a big book of magic from Finn Rizel, and he says goodbye to the baby. You see, next to Sorcha and uh, Mad Mardigan keeping them from fucking is her father now unfrozen. That's the old dude standing. The same room. prince from the, the the same king from the Princess Bride. What did the king look like? Oh, he he's just like an old that. man. It was just like, yeah, he looked yeah. like Cookie Crisp was wizard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah okay. So, uh, Mad Mardigan puts him on a pony, shakes his hand, and sends him away by slapping the horse's ass and Hey, the big joke of the movie, that brownie was bald under his mouse hat. <laughs> oh, I forgot that the brownies still have to have, like, one last little, like, ah, they're here. Yeah. They're not dead. So Willow gets home, and everybody's super hyped to see him. Yay. And look what he can do. He can turn an apple into a bird that shits on Purple Cut's face. I guess that'll teach him. He sure got his comeuppance. This is how astonished with the ending I am. I'm just like, eh, it's okay. It's an ending. He goes home. Uh, you think? It would have been better if he had created a giant hawk like the brownies if... used to carry the baby away, but instead it grabbed Burglecut and flew away. If you're going to do magic and involve humiliating Burglecut, turn that fucker into a pig. He's already half- Make an elephant fly. <laughs> he does a magical sweats be gone spell. <laughs> Burglecut <laughs> is so forever thankful. He's like, oh, he just... I can't sweat he... anymore. Thank you. He just looks at him and says, Thinner. Oh, no. <laughs> God. But yeah, Willow's so back home anyhow, with his he kids. Sees his, yeah, everybody's super hype, and he sees his family, and the music swells, and it's all emotional, and everybody's happy, it's super deluxe, and who knew that some simple Ewoks would eventually evolve into <laughs> the Nelwins and save their world. So this, this is, wait, so this is a distant sequel to Star Wars, where this takes place like uh -huh, a million because years later? Since they make the same noise, the fairies in the woods oh, that's a good from point, the fairy, actually, yeah. The fairies in uh, that, and the, uh, I'm sure there were trolls on that Ewok village. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, so all, like, the Daikinis are just, um, like, leftover, like, whatever stormtroopers survived the battle and were, like, left on Endor afterwards. They just kind of... Yeah, could be uh, that, or... Or it could be the leftovers of Wilford Brimley and uh, the daughter, whatever her name was. I don't know. There were humans on oh, that Oh, yeah, planet. that's right. Oh, God. Did that Cindy... Wait, no. That Cindy was Wilford Brimley and the girl were fucking. He was like 92. Ah, who knows? And he was... I can't believe Wilford Brimley is still alive. 
They could have. He was like 24 in that movie. He just looked 92. Well, I love to think about where he, like he was only like 40. I think he was like, yeah, he's yeah. like 40 years old when he made uh, Cocoon. So everyone assumed he's been dead for a long time because he wasn't. They did. They had. They had to like up age him for the for that movie. But yeah. God, so, so anyway, that's it's Willow. Willow. It's 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 pretty good, but it's got some clunks. Yeah, it's it's better than I remember it being. It's not great, but it's you know I'm, I'm no. legitimately bummed this isn't remembered as more of like a mid 80s classic. I mean, maybe not yeah. a classic, but, like... I mean, it's not as good as The Princess Bride hey. or anything like that, or even The NeverEnding oh. Story, but, like, um... It, oh, if, oh, if J they had gotten James Horner to do the Princess Bride music instead of the fart music they have yeah. for it... There's occasionally... So nice. There's, uh... Oh, man, maybe we should do The Princess Bride someday. Just talk about The Princess Bride. Bill! But... We did The Princess Bride with my friend Anthony. Oh, did we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was tired that week. <laughs> Grant, that was like that was at the start of the podcast. That was been like three years ago now, right? That was like halfway through the podcast. You. God, we should do it again. We have so many things to talk about. Uh, no, there's some yeah. good score part. Like it's only nine tenths of the Princess Bride is 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 crappy Casio. Yeah, but yeah, that's the weird like because like that ends Lady Hawk are both movies which have terrible like electronic scores, but still do have a sprinkling of actual orchestral stuff. But yeah. yeah. Anyway. But anyway, uh, this IMDb trivia—if it's true—it's awful. Oh uh, no! John Cusack tested for the role of Mad Mark. Wow, again. really? He he considered it his biggest disappointment. Really? He would have stunk so bad as Mad Mark again. He would have. He could have done the snark, but you—he would have definitely not been sexy or heroic. That is weird. Um, oh god, there's someone else that, uh, 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 Warwick Davis had mentioned as, as having tested with him, too. I, it was somebody that mm. wasn't John Cusack, but it was someone else. I can't remember, it's not that interesting, but obviously they didn't get it. It's like Matthew Broderick or something like that? Um, yeah, who knows. But, yeah, Val Kilmer, I've never been the world's biggest Val Kilmer fan, but... I like um, him. I he I I know he was in a terrible version, but he's he probably did the best job as Batman, looks-wise. Yeah. Like, he could pull off being the handsome Bruce Wayne and then also have the mouth for the... I Batman. keep on meaning to do, like... It's not his It's not his fault that movie was atrocious. Yeah. I keep on meaning to do Top Secret or Real Genius for the podcast someday, too, because mm. uh, my, my friend Joshin loves those movies, and I've never actually seen them, but I know they're the... I like big. Top Secret, all uh, right. And you know what? Pretty much legally obligated to do Top Gun when the sequel comes out later on in the summer, because I've never seen Top Gun. Yeah. So, just, yeah, we got more Val yeah. in our future one way or the other, but... Uh, yeah, again, I still, I love the, like, again, I love the basic, like, you know, what, like, the idea that, hey, it's a major fantasy film starring, like, Warwick Davis, so I'm glad to see he got a stab at, uh, being in his, in his own movie. I'd, yeah, I'd like to see an alternative, ver or, shut up, <laughs> uh, a different version of this movie where it's his wife that has to go on the journey, not him. Really? Yeah, kind of I, I, like I said, I really like that actress. It's interesting too, because yeah. like it's not like Warwick Davis was a professional actor. His first acting gig was playing Wicked just a couple years before this, and he was only yeah, like was seventeen only when they made this movie. Yeah. So it's not like, and he did a good job. Like it's he like he's definitely one of the stronger parts of the film, and it doesn't help that Warwick Davis seems to be like a genuinely nice guy, and he has a lot of his own charm too. But um, what do you think of the <laughs> the, the Willow the video game? The uh, Nintendo game. Oh, I've I've tr I've started that a couple times and was always like, nah. I just you know was I I was just uh, uh watching this now. I realized that the mark on Laura Dannon's arm 
in that game, there's like two symbols for good and evil, and I think the symbol for good in that game is the mark on her arm. Uh, the Willow mm. game is actually really good. It's kind of like... It's a Zelda clone. Yeah. It, well, it's, it's not really a Zelda clone. It's more like Chrysalis, where it's like a, a top-down, uh, open-world action game. There's no like really dungeons or anything like that. But mm-hmm. it is goddamn... It's it's made by the same guys at Capcom who made Mega Man. And so it's got a fantastic mm. score. It's got surprisingly gorgeous uh, visuals. Uh, like, they use this really weird color palette for the Willow game, where the colors are kind of nicely desaturated, like, there's all these grass scenes where it kind of looks like summertime grass, and it's really nice. Um, it's not the greatest game of all time, but it's surprisingly good. And also, it's only, it's obviously a game that was meant to be something else, but then just had the Willow license slapped on it later, because the only thing is about, there's nothing about, like, the baby or any of the other characters in Willow. You're just, like, this little guy, like, Link, going on this adventure, and Mm -hmm. at the start, there's a thing saying... Uh, there's Baph Morda and good and evil and Le- and Willow has to save the day, I guess. Go get a bunch of swords and kill a bunch of bad guys and fight Baph Morda at the end. But, like, there's no other... The mo- the game's not even trying to replicate any of the characters or any of the set pieces from the movie or anything like that. It's really weird. But, yeah, it's it's a yeah. pretty cool little game. Check it out sometime if you haven't played it before. Yeah, I guess there's will. also a Willow arcade game that people love, too, because that was like yeah. the side-scrolling hack-and-slash game. Again, by Capcom. <laughs> Capcom at the height of its power, so it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, well, it's all right. Oh, it's, it's okay. It's pretty good. Not not, not the greatest or anything yeah. like that, but... No. It's Obitavi. So what are we doing next time? It's Obitavi. It's well, next time, we're going to continue down to Disney Plus through the oh, decades. God. If you go to the search bar, go through the decades. We're getting to the not terrible... I was about to say, we're getting into the good stuff. It's not actually good, but we're getting out of the... Uh, we're getting out of the early crummy stuff where it's all like, aren't you amazed that the pictures can move? Yeah, yeah. what are we doing here? Uh, yeah, because we, to... uh, spoilers, we've already recorded that episode, so I already know the, the stuff we're talking about gets a little bit better. Is that... We start with the, we start with the Golden Touch, I think, or the Tortoise and the Hare. Which do we start oh, with? Oh, the Tortoise and the Hare. So it's Golden Touch. Oh, no, I'm confusing them all. Hold on. Because it's Mickey, it's Mickey with the dancing gloves uh, uh, through the mirror. Yeah. That's the last yeah. one we, di- we did for the uh, for the next episode. It's whatever. Yeah. Uh, this Again, this is uh, next week's episode. Okay, the tortoise in the hell was the last one we did last week. Okay. Or the week before. And so we're going to do start with the Golden Touch, that classic. <laughs> Mickey, the band. Mickey Mouse is the band concert. The Three okay. Little Wills, Three Blind Mouseketeers, uh, Mickey's Rival, and Mickey Through the Mirror. Oh, that's right, because last week was the one we did the first Donald Duck cartoon, and this, 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 the next episode is where we talk about the first, like, real Donald Duck uh, cartoon where he's actually, like, a full, full, fully fleshed out character. Um, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we're gonna keep doing that. And I think then after Mm -hmm. that, it's, like, the old mill, and then a couple other shorts, and I think we're right up at the Snow White already, so... Pretty much, yeah. uh, Toby Tortoise Returns, Magician Mickey, Hawaiian Holiday Mickey, Hawaiian Holiday for like Disney through the decades four after next week's episode, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll do we'll get that going out next week. Uh, if you haven't seen Willow, I don't know why the fuck you listened to <laughs> two hours of this. Imagine like you you're didn't. downloading podcasts and you've never seen Willow, and you're like, well, maybe I guess because these guys go beat by beat enough, I could like. They'll just tell me what the story. It's like a book on tape. Yeah, when you turn much. the page. I mean, we are as we we are as long as the movie now. We did yeah. it. Oh yeah, we're consistently like even if it's a short movie, we tend to have <laughs> short commentaries. Yep. Yeah, so um, 
He's Mudron on Twitter. I'm the Grumpy Turtle on Twitter. Target Podcast on Twitter. TargetPodcast.com. Find us on there. Share us around if you like us. Hey, fall asleep to us because we rarely scream. Sometimes we just blow our noses into the <laughs> microphone at deafening levels. Uh, we're recording this a couple hours before the Oscars. What are your Oscar picks for this year? Or your favorite films? I... You, as with as many movies as you get to go out and see with a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. A year and a half I... year old, I guess. Definitely think High Spirits should win the award for best special effects this year. I'm thinking 976 Transylvania. Uh huh. Should get best screenwriting. I'm thinking Vibes, starring Jeff Goldblum, and uh, who's the ladies who sing Girls Just Want to Have Fun? Downtown Julie Brown should get the award for best supporting actress for Earth Girls Are Easy. I, you know, it's funny because I was going to nominate Earth Girls Are Easy for best original song and sound effects mm. editing. Not sound editing, sound mixing, but sound effects editing. Mm. Uh, but for sound editing... No, the Oscars are bullshit. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> I just I just literally sitting here forgot about that, yeah. Uh, some people, no. if they like movies enough to talk to, to to listen to this stuff, they might be Oscar nuts. But yeah, there's not much yeah, interesting no. going on at the Oscars this year. The Oscars will have already happened by the time they hear this. Ah, uh, this is true. So, oh yeah, so congratulations to um, the Parasite for being the. It's not going to be Parasite best Oscar uh, winner, but like what do you got there? So shut nah. up. Parasite. I just watched it the night before last. That was actually pretty goddamn good though. Anyway, shut up. But we're gonna mm. end this. Willow. Anyway. Next time. More, more cartoon shorts, all that stuff. It's, uh, yeah, I got nothing else. Bill, you got anything no, else? No, that's it. Go play the Willow game and watch the Willow movie. Yeah. And Willow underwear. And you can tell us we didn't do that well because they didn't put out face. any merchandise for this shit. But yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I, I seem to remember. I'm sure there was like an action figure and a half. But like there's yeah. not like even when I was a kid, like I, I would have seen if there were like Willow play sets or anything like that. <laughs> Excuse me. When I was a child, I would have seen Willow. <laughs> I would have seen I the play sets. I love me what of all with people. Red Mardigan and Source action figures just have smoldering fuck rays at each other while everyone else is actually fighting. <laughs> oh god, yep. yeah. I want a burgle cut okay. action figure. <laughs> with <the> actual <laughs> now with sweating <laughs> action. I was about to say he's got a little tank on his back that you fill up with water and he squeezes legs and just squirts out of his eyes. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yep. Anyhow, uh, yeah, come back next week for no more Disney. Until then, I got nothing else. Uh, keep filling your home with pop culture. So long. Take care, guys.